Hey everyone, Chris Hansen here of Hansen vs. Predators and Cantor Predator. Why don't you have a seat right over there and listen to Kyle and Brandon, our podcast. According to my chat logs, Kyle and Brandon have interesting guests. No, I hated it. Yeah. Everybody's sweaty, everybody's on drugs, so they're super sweaty but also touchy. And then they touch your face and you leave there and the next day you have pimples. Fantastic conversation. He's underground in a lab, floating in a tank of water because he almost died. And most important, no predators. Here at Intoxia Reviews, we intellectually dissect the art of cinema, scene by scene. Here's some clips. No, he is. It's just a fucking big wooden doll full of cum chasing kids around. <laughs> you look up guys who poop in a bag. I think that's where you'll find them. Because he is hurt. It's probably just in your search history anyway, isn't it? This movie fucking blows. So don't forget to subscribe to Intoxicated Reviews on all places you find podcasts. Except Spotify. We're working on it. I can't believe words are still coming out of my mouth <gasps> at this point. We- Do not take product if you are hypersensitive. Okay, Internet, and welcome back to another episode of the Intoxicated Podcast. I am your host, Sarah McClellan, and this is a comedy variety talk show where I shoot the shit with comedians, creators, and characters about the messiness of life. You are seeing the time right on this episode. This is a long Rogan length episode. Holy shit. This is a very long one, you guys. So I'm keeping this very, very quick. This week's guest is Thomas Kennedy. Thomas is somebody I met through comedy recently who actually was a fan of Intoxicated before he even met me. So he was a listener of the podcast. We met at a show. He is back doing comedy now, and we are in the throes of COVID comedy together. This was an epic episode. We talked about, um, I would say, just about everything. This is pretty much, I mean, he kind of said it himself that it's pretty much his life story, even though I think there's still more to this guy that we can dive into but we covered a lot on this episode this is epic this is a long one i don't expect anyone to listen to this in one sitting if you do you are a trooper but honestly it's really really good and i think if you like it you can pick away at it you know throughout your week these are the types of conversations i love there was laughing there was even some crying on my end this was a wild ride Do make sure to follow Thomas Kennedy on Instagram. He needs the followers. He is new to social media. So do make sure to follow him. His Instagram handle is... I'm Thomas Now. I will link below to that. Make sure you give him a follow. Follow Intoxicated on social media as well. If you're not already, I don't know what you're doing. That is Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast and on Twitter at in underscore intoxicated. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. There's a lot of stuff up on there right now. I'm very proud of it. You can check out my three-part stand-up series, Sarah Try Stand-Up. And as well, I have a reaction video to my second set at Ladies Night. So you can actually see my stand-up. But you do have to deal with my rambling in between each joke uh, as of now. So check that out on YouTube. That is youtube.com backslash intoxicated. Subscribe and ring the bell for notifications. If you're really loving the podcast, you can leave an Apple Podcasts rating or review. Hopefully a five-star rating with a good review. Speaking of which, 
one came in recently and I'm going to read it on the show because if you review the podcast, you get a shout out. This is a new five star review that says so many hilarious and insights from so many of my favorite maritime funny people and so many other interesting humans I would have never otherwise been exposed to. One of my absolute favorite comedy podcasts, bar none. Oh yeah, that's an awesome review. So thank you to whoever left that review. Um, the username is this is Evan. I know a couple Evans. I'm not sure which Evan you are. But regardless, you're a very important Evan because you left an awesome review for my podcast and I super duper appreciate it. Honestly, guys, I think that's about it. Buckle in for this Rogan length episode with All Thomas right. Kennedy. Albert's the fucking best. Albert is the best. I love how we start the episode with Albert is the best. (laughs) (laughs) You're Thomas. Not Tom. Thomas. Thomas, I think, sounds more natural to me because that's my middle name. I still kind of hate it and I think everybody hates it. (laughs) 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 Everyone talks a lot of shit. Really? Yeah. But they they have to understand it's for... At least you're not like (laughs) making a stage name like... It's not flashy. Coach Cowboy. <laughs> Third. My friend Andrew Vaughn had a strict rule, no stage names. Like he's like, I he's like, I'm not gonna I'm not I'm not doing that. Do you think he would oppose to Thomas? No. Because no, that's normal a normal name. name. Yeah. Because and that's also for obviously good reason. Yeah. You don't want it interfering with your work. Yeah, I guess um talking about dicks and drugs on stage is considered unprofessional in some circles. <laughs> There you go. That's perfect. All right. Yeah, keep him at like a fist. You want a, a fist? fist between? I've always you seen and Mikey, Joe Rogan lecture guests, and I never thought it would be me. <laughs> being lectured about the face close <laughs> to the mic the most. I used to be really bad for it and not um, not say anything when people were like. I had a drag queen on who was very intimidating, and I loved her so much <laughs> that I didn't want to say shit, and she was like back here. She's talking back here i was just like i can i'll just uh i'll just turn it all up and post because i can split these tracks and like if i'm being really loud as you can see i'm very loud like my waveforms are huge uh but like i can split these and turn them up and post like if someone's being really quiet did it work for the drag queen yeah okay it's just it's just more time right it's just more editing oh well come on i can lean back and waste more of your time no, that's okay. I'll play by the rules. <laughs> fist, a fist lengths away. But, ooh, boy, mm. I'm very excited for this episode. I'm very excited to be here today. This is the Intoxicated Podcast, by the way, if you don't know already. Uh, and I am here with Thomas Kennedy. That's my name. That allegedly. is your name. Yes. Formerly known as... Something else. Something else that you don't need to know because no. this is a, a fresh start for you uh, in terms of the listeners. They've never heard your voice on here before. There you go. So you are Thomas. I am. Yeah. Yeah. But you kind have of. Thomas Kennedy. Mm-hmm. You're, you're yeah. not just Thomas. No, I'll keep my last name. <laughs> How very name. feminist of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Keep that last name. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Uh, it's a dream come true. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. It's really, it was really weird. Uh, like for a long time before coming here and doing stand up again post pandemic, I was actually listening 
And then when I seen you in real life, I was like, oh, I got starstruck. Do you know what's so funny? Okay. And I was going to like, I was like wondering if I should mention this on the show or not. But there was a moment that you swung by a mic. We were all outside and you said, oh, Sarah, hey, I listened to your podcast. Yeah. And I had this moment of, fuck, I don't know his name. <laughs> No Am I reason supposed to, to know this person? I've never met this person before. And I had this moment of like, did I meet, like, is this someone I met at a mic? No, and believe just, it or not, you just made a fan. And I was like, I was legitimately like, I think that's the first person I didn't know that other than I was at a conference once and someone uh, heard my voice and came up to me and said, your your voice is familiar. You're on that intoxicated podcast. So you got recognized twice so yeah. far? Wow. That's an exclusive group. And 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 I think, was it before video? Yeah, I think this person just literally listened and recognized yeah. my voice. It was had nothing to do with physical. It's distinctive. It was- distinctive voice. <laughs> that's a neutral. Distinctive. That's a neutral adjective. You cannot. Distinctive is definitely more negative. No, than it's positive. not. No, it's not. Ron Perlman has a distinctive voice. That's true. Did I tell you that I might get to interview him? No fucking way. Well, okay. So, okay. So, last week I got an email to the entire... I don't know. I'll just fucking show you the email. From Ron Perlman's lady? I got an email from secretary? a production company. Um, And, fuck, what was it? What was it called? Um, He has a new movie coming out called, like, The Big Ugly or The Bad Ugly. Is it being filmed in Nova Scotia or something? No, it's already already done. Okay. And they're doing promo for it. And they were essentially just like, let us know if you want us to set up an interview. And I don't know. I don't know who with. But like they they were like starring da, 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 Ron Perlman like was that's one of a them. fucking a lister what right the hell ha- you had the Trailer Park Boys guy last and now a magician well no then- I don't know if I'll do it like I don't I number one like you don't know if you'll interview Ron Perlman if you have the chance I don't fucking know much about him or like this isn't a movie podcast yeah but, but- that's such a crazy famous person i know right i can't fucking find it i can't find the what a weird like a distinctive voice and then that was the example it was probably literally like they searched keyword podcast and like (laughs) it was probably a mass email like i truly don't think that they actually like saw intoxicated yeah like truly like if they knew how big my listenership was they would be like this is a waste of everybody's time on this movie oh here it is here yeah so, good afternoon. I'm a publicist with 4G Vision Film Production Company. I've been checking out your media content and would love to share this exciting news with you all about our film. In late July, we released our feature film, $6 million budget, The Big Ugly, starring Vinnie Jones, Ron Perlman, Malcolm McDowell, Nicholas Braun, and many more. This action-packed film is ready for summer amidst these eccentric times. We are reaching out today to graciously ask you to watch the trailer to our film, link below. And if you see fit, I believe, and I believe you will, very confident, uh, we would welcome the opportunity to discuss setting up an interview. (laughs) I feel like writing back, I will do it if it's Ron Perlman. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I don't even really know him that well. I don't know who this person is. I don't know what movies. He voices the intro to the Fallout games. Uh, and I think he was in Sons of Anarchy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, like he's, yeah. He's pretty big. Well, like so- uh, I don't know how many people would be like I. 
exclusively follow what per- Ron Perlman says in interviews. And, As a thing. Like, and then you'll get a bunch of subscribers all of a sudden. <laughs> well, my friend Corey runs Intoxicate Reviews, which is movie and TV based. Um, and he would be a better fit for it. So, like, if I did do it, I'd probably do it with Corey, who's, like, Wait. a huge movie fan. So it's got the intoxicated name on it, but it's not... It's all the bad movies. Bad movies. Mm-hmm. But it's not you doing it at all? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. Just I used to. So at the start of the show, name. at the start of the show, I uh, we were watching the show called The Leftovers, and I was very much so in love with it. And I had this idea. I was like, we should start like a, like a little reviews feed like it's a separate feed so you need to subscribe separately to intoxicate reviews um but like review tv that we're watching or like movies that we've watched Mm -hmm. and i started doing that for a bit and then i was like fuck this i'm not doing two podcasts this is too much work that sounds my friend Corey took it over so i like to say like i'm its birth parent but it's okay Corey adopted it you're related then yeah well oh very much so it's like the brother it's like intoxicated's younger brother do they also get drunk Oh yeah, more than yeah. I do. Yeah, I would say. I bet that would. Uh, He's a bartender, so. And they're all, all alcoholics. Mm-hmm. Are they? Oh my god, we got to talk about what we're drinking. Mm-hmm. So, so Thomas, you are a big Caesar fan, and uh, yeah. you. This was kind of your suggestion. So we were talking today about having some drinks after bailing on an open mic. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I, I mean, fuck it. it's every week. Yeah. Missing one week isn't isn't a big deal. Yeah, um, uh, we, I, uh, yeah, we pussed out. We pussed out. That's 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 the honest way of saying yeah. it. Yeah, and uh, the reason <laughs> I <laughs> I would have went and watched, but I didn't want people to know I pussed out. But yeah. here we go. Here we are. And you were what gonna go do? still watch because you yeah. thought I want to go, and then I had to be the one to be like, I'm not feeling it tonight. I I'd rather just hang out and podcast. Um, but also like, I just woke up and we were talking about this earlier. I woke up in like a, oh, by the way, Caesars. Yeah. We're drinking Caesars. So that's made by Thomas. The long and short of it. Yeah. I didn't make it. Well, it's, it's that a can. It's a very leafy Caesar. Can we cheers? We got to cheers. I I brought, I already drank half of it. Oh my God. That's so funny. Just put (laughs) celery in it that we're probably not going to eat because it would be really annoying. So it just, uh, hits us in the face every Mm. time. I love a Caesar. It just really like it has so much. It wakes you up. I find with a Caesar, like that spice. It just like, ah. I like spicy things. It's really weird that you can have an alcoholic spicy thing. Mm, I, I guess fireballs it. was the other option. Oh, I have fireball by the way. Ew. If no. we do want to do shots, no, that is no, one no. shot I will do. Uh, fireball. I'd rather vodka. I think. Really, a vodka shot? Fuck that. Well, I got alcoholics in in my blood. Oh, Luckily, fair. So I can drink straight liquor like without problem. Mm-hmm. But uh, luckily, I have a weak stomach and I'll throw up. So <laughs> oh, no. if it wasn't for that, I would be an alcoholic easily. Oh, no. I'm such a bad drinker too for puking. <laughs> oh, I think my I know God. my limits. I think I know my limits now, but it took me a while to figure it out. <laughs> So over quarantine, so I didn't drink for a long time over quarantine, and I specifically didn't drink when my friend died because I was like, I have a rule. That's a could be a spiral. My my rule is because I've had issues with drinking in the past. Like I've had to go to an AA meeting, not because I was an alcoholic, but I was definitely um, destructive with how, alcohol. How much of it was by yourself versus with and at places with people at places? Like, like, you mean like the actual drinking? I actually yeah. rarely drink alone. But my issue was is that I would drink and I would just become a total nightmare. 
like a oh yeah absolute bitch like i would piss my friends off like i would end up crying every time like it was just bad like it, it was not good and really what going to ai taught me was like i do not want to use booze as a crutch and the only time that i will drink is to feel even better not to feel better so if I'm ever in a really bad place, I cannot be like, I'm just going to drink and that'll solve the issue because it won't. Yeah. So like if I'm celebrating, yeah, let's fucking drink. Uh-huh. I guess but today is, to, today is as... kind of that exception because I was in a bad mood today and I'm very much so looking forward to this. <laughs> but generally speaking, it's if I'm you... in a bad, dark, dark, dark place, uh-huh. I'd rather stay away from alcohol. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't be used like that, I guess. It, that's a tough one. If you have a problem with alcohol, because it's just so readily available and it's the most accepted drug that everybody's doing all the time. And it's so part of it, Halifax culture in general, maritime culture. Yeah, especially. General, we general. like uh, our booze and, and weed. Yeah, that's true. We do. We do also. And weed, that's that's different. Like, I, I weed doesn't really make me a nightmare. Booze does, though. Rum, specifically. If I drink rum... I will be angry. Like, I will just be mad at everything. I've heard that. But over quarantine, I, uh, going back to this, getting sick while drinking, I decided to just have this night that I would finally get drunk after all this shit happened. And I got drunk over Zoom with people. And I had cocktails delivered to my place from Metal Spoon, which were like, I don't know, $30 each for like a big bottle of cocktails and there were like different kinds of booze which i didn't realize you yeah and i puked more (laughs) than i ever have in my entire life i'm literally 33 years old and i was like (laughs) like it was so bad during the night or hungover during the night oh it's always in the night for me Mm -hmm. i i've never puked hungover yeah i i'm always a what happens with me is when i'm drunk i'll be fine as soon as I get home and I lay down, I will oh, get sick. Yeah. I will get the, get the spins. spins. You close your eyes. I, I can't resist smoking weed either, and that fucking does it. When you're drunk, you're drunk, and then you get high. That fucks you. But oh, uh, does it ever? Yeah, I would always if I would if. I mean, I used to throw up all the time. Not so much anymore. I think I know your where the line yeah. is now. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I feel like my limit is anything above five drinks. Uh, the it's all bets are off. Like, <laughs> oh really? Yeah, five. Probably. I'm a lightweight. I, I would probably say like eight to twelve. Yeah, is makes pushing sense. It. That, that makes sense. Yeah, I feel like which, most guys, which is actually kind of normal. Now, I used, I always thought of myself as a lightweight, but uh, uh it's no, not I that think weird. Eight's like a lot of drinks. Kinda, yeah. Like if I think about eight drunk me, I'm like, Ooh. maybe I just did it stupidly in my youth. Mm. The first time I actually had like hard liquor, like I've had beers and stuff in garages and like nothing major. But then uh, I went to Europe and uh, we were on a Europe trip in high school and I had a girlfriend there and everything on Europe trips is just heightened because it's the movie of the boring sitcom of your regular high school life. So everything's Mm -hmm. dramatic and there's fucking relationships that start and end. We had like a breakup at one point and then got back together before returning home like holy shit it was just jesus christ it was stupid and <laughs> and we so we broke up and then a bunch of guys who i wasn't even like friends with but during the thing there were only other male companions who were like best friends just because of the situation and they're like oh fuck her man and, and we were in venice and we were 16 and you can just walk into a grocery store and get a bottle of vodka and i just got a quart of vodka jesus 
<laughs> just walked so talk. easily. And the chaperones, like, they were like, they talked a big talk, but they never did shit. People were, like, escaping out of windows and, like, going around <laughs> the town. Like, the whole, I felt bad for the entire floor we were on. They were just, everybody was fucking nuts every night. Oh, my God. Super loud and just running around and shit. Like, we were children. And uh, so this is the first time I ever drank hard liquor. And I just start, like, chugging this core of vodka. And, like, then people are like, holy shit, Mike. Like, they were impressed because I didn't make a face and I didn't mind it at all. So I probably just chugged, like, six whole drinks. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's just such a classic, like stupid you don't have like you could really if you don't know anything about alcohol and you can just go purchase hard liquor like you could kill yourself if you really yeah that's too young yeah Far yeah too young. and i just uh i just threw up all over my open suitcase so all my clothes <laughs> and then uh so, <laughs> so why was there nowhere else to put the puke because my <laughs> open suitcase was just sitting in front of me and <laughs> But I'm really good. I feel like I have good puke foresight. I didn't that time. It just but hit me like a truck. But it really happens very yeah, it, fast. Because the way I drank it was very fast. I was just... Yeah. And uh, the person who, like, took care of me was uh, the girlfriend I broke up with. Her best friend, like, <laughs> ditched her <laughs> to take care of me. <laughs> That's wild. And I feel like I feel like with me with puke, it's always a smell. I'll smell something oh, gross yeah. and Compost, it triggers compost or something. It'll trigger yeah. my my like puking. Well, the smell of puke does it. It's oh like, God, does it ever? But that's like an evolution thing with compost and other people's puke. If you smell someone's puke, that means the food that could have been the same food you ate is bad and they're puking. <gasps> oh, so your brain goes, oh, I should puke too because there's probably a bug in whatever no way, we ate. Really? Yeah. That's why? That's interesting. Yeah. And probably compost a similar reason. Hmm compost i uh, i kind of like the smell like, of compost that's fucking absurd <laughs> well, I'm thinking, well i guess maybe not all compost like i guess like, like fresh like, compost like nothing yeah. not when it's too ripe but yeah, right yeah, before yeah the banana turns yellow oh gross <laughs> or like black in the case of compost <laughs> what a weird way to start this episode <laughs> where, where's the weirdest place that you've puked um, uh, probably, I guess it's not that weird, but it just stood out to me is, uh, prom night, I went to open a door, a Burger King door, and it was locked. <laughs> and the, uh, see, I didn't have puke foresight here either. I had no idea it was even like in the chamber. And just when I pulled on the door and it didn't, it didn't pull, I was like, <laughs> just, as soon as the resistance was felt, it just unlocked. My stomach sphincter, yeah. It was so unexpected. And it was just some some poor fucking minimum wage person had to clean up my puke like the next morning. <laughs> One time I puked in my dorm room in university because I couldn't quite make it to the bathroom, which was a shared with the whole floor. So I think I had this moment of like, I think I'm going to just puke in here and not have no one else hear me. Um, and it was after drinking a lot of beer and garlic fingers. So, like, it was the worst smelling puke you could ever Beer smell. Beer and garlic fingers, you think, makes it the worst? <sighs> yeah, pretty bad. Wines, wine pukes are pretty bad, too. The worst pukes for me, when I was starting drinking, I used to drink a lot of vodka and lime juice at bars. I would just be like, vodka lime, vodka lime, at this place called The Dome, which no longer... Well, actually, no, The Dome exists. 
So don't They're doesn't exist. Something with it. Yeah. Um, but back in the day, they had dollar drinks. That's um, fucking insane. 2007. Yeah. How long? So, dollar drinks. So is that when it ended? I think it only lasted a couple of years. And then they yeah, were like, probably because too illegal. many people were getting stabbed and yeah. fucked up and yeah, like like it was like I had a friend once who went out and on dollar drinks and I spent close to a hundred dollars and drank a lot. Okay, so a hundred a hundred drinks, something like that. That doesn't even, well, maybe it would probably be, uh, bought some friends like seventy five. Back then, you could be like, tax. Here, I'll buy you five drinks. You can't order, and it's the cost of one drink. <laughs> You can't order five <laughs> drinks anymore for one well, person. Well, I mean, it's not as cheap, right? Like, yeah, I could buy someone a drink, but like dollar drinks, it's like I'll buy you five. Me, Robbie, and I, uh, and Joel, and some other people, and I hope they're not mad that I didn't name them because I can't remember. Oh, Dan, Joel's roommate. Uh, we like went to Boomers, and it mm. was like three dollar drinks, and. uh What was the experience at the bar like in terms of the COVID? It was, it was fucking weird. It was like. See, but I've never been like a go to bar person. I don't even know what the normal experience is, but it was definitely weird because yeah. it was just uh, a bunch of tables and we had like a lot of people. So it was like a banquet table and most of them I couldn't hear at all. I could hear the guy right next to me, like a buddy Robbie ran into. It was his birthday. So that was fun. I could hear him and I could hear the person across from me only because I could like read their lips and then everybody else. I couldn't hear it because the music was so loud and, uh, guys voices i think bassy voices yeah. it just like blends into the like the bass in music it does so I yeah, it's couldn't tricky. hear anything interesting uh but yeah that's just me being a mom that can't <laughs> stand bars so we you had to stay with who you uh came with like uh i guess maybe you could go join a table but all the tables were full but there was no one dancing no that's so it's, weird they were so strict and to a point like it didn't really make sense like yeah i was like so i could stand up put a mask on and go to the bathroom with my mask on yeah but uh i wanted to order a drink from the waitress on the way but that's no go because if you're sitting you can't give someone covid so i had to go <laughs> sit down and take my mask <laughs> off so i could sit down and take my mask off and be like inches from her face like Spinning, yeah, on her mask and her yeah. eyes. And <laughs> that that is it'd you're be right. Safer that's... if I did it standing in front of her with a mask. Yeah, that's really weird. And if you want to talk about social distancing, turn the fucking music down. Yeah, really. Because you gotta though. be in someone's ear Stop. to talk to them. Yeah, for real though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why? If people aren't allowed to dance, why is the music so fucking loud? Crystal Jeez. F asked if we had any questions for the premiere sitting, uh, standing down, and. um Nobody thought of anything uh, potent or real. Just no. But like, what a big! I I think he might have been a little serious, and we all just fucking blew it. Like that's such a cool. <laughs> Went last night. He wanted questions. Yeah. Uh, any questions? And but there's one. Uh, I could have well, added those grievances about my boomers experience for the longest time. Well, I guess before everything opened up, I I just kept telling Chris, just can they let us know when we can fuck like. Casual sex, like... Is that illegal right now? No, 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 you can. Okay, so you want to know when it, when is it not going to be frowned upon? But back... Like, I don't was... think the government's the ones <laughs> who decide that. <laughs> but back when, like, the bubble thing, especially when it was immediate family only, um, like, there was a lot of people breaking quarantine to go bang, like, casual sex partners, and that was very frowned upon. Yeah. But if you... Had a girlfriend that you didn't live with, 
you could go fuck. You couldn't, yeah. So it's very judgy against um, single cas- people. casual sex singles who that is, also want like, to fuck. If the girl, I thought like, oh, if you have a girlfriend, that may, if you live with them. But yeah, I guess it would make no difference. Right? Like what fucking couple actually didn't fuck for four maybe months but didn't live together? Maybe they're worried that people who are, who are having casual sex might be having casual sex with more than one person. Oh, well, that's and that's a fair But then that's, that's also weird in a crazy minefield to navigate like, oh... No polyamorous couples, no uh, open relationships. <laughs> we need committed, re- like all of a sudden we're getting all getting virtuous and puritanical. Yeah. Very, very weird, but it's, it is what it is, I guess. In my case. They're going to come up with whatever rules they think. And I think whatever. Yeah. Fucking complaining about it. Like <sighs> we're good now. We're, we're at a good spot now in terms of, I mean, other than having to wear masks to the bathroom. I don't really care about out. that. That's such a minor thing. Yeah, really, though. Yeah. How was your... Uh, well, let's fucking get to know you a bit. So you're from Cape Breton, right? Mm-hmm. Originally? Um, born and raised there? Yeah. Okay. And you've lived there for most of your life, or...? Yeah, even I don't know the timeline very well, <laughs> but uh, too much of that shit. Uh, I So, yeah, until probably 21... Like, I, I saw I was going to school, and then that would end in September, or April to September. So that's, like, a good, like, four or five months. And uh, I saw I came and lived here in Halifax with uh, my girlfriend and her mom. So we were dating long distance. So every I just come and leave, come and leave. And then uh, and then I just uh, moved here probably, like, a, I've been here, like, I've been in my apartment building for a year. But I've been here because I was at her mom's place for probably longer than that, closer to two years. Right. Okay. Which, uh, so probably you're got fairly some new those... in Halifax. Yeah. Fairly new here. And um, do you like the city? Do you like it better uh, than the country? I mean, yeah. I lo- like, yeah, yeah, a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, and then uh, that girl who I moved here with when we broke up recently, people would be like, oh, so you're going to come to Cape Breton? And I was like, no. You think that's why <laughs> I left? <laughs> No, I, 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 it's still like, there's, I mean, it's mostly gone, but there's still a little bit of like wide eyed. It's a city. It's fun. So like every day that I have off, I just walk around downtown all day. I just never get bored of just walking around. I, oh, me too. I love walks. And it just, it feels less lonely Mm -hmm. just seeing strangers, just seeing strangers having their day like makes me happy. Especially, like, if I see, like, a family or something, and, like, a happy kid. You know what's one of my favorite things to do? Uh, I've started doing this when I, specifically when I travel. For the longest time when I would go on trips with friends, I would never do things on my own because I felt like I always had to be with my friends. But I started gradually being like, well, I want to go see this. I want to go see the Tulum ruins. And you guys don't want to, but I'm just going to go do Where's that. Where's that? Um, in Mexico. Oh, okay. The, like, the, uh, the Mayan ruins. Yeah, and you do you were you kind of hoping they weren't gonna want to tangle along? No, like I'm a people person. I love like I for the longest time wouldn't go to movies alone, wouldn't go to restaurants alone, wouldn't go to concerts alone for the longest time. But I've reached a point where I'm like, I still wanna do these things and like it's not my fault all my friends are introverts and don't want to do shit, so I'm still gonna go do oh, those things. Oh, because that seems like a really introverted thing to do is to go out and do shit by yourself. But you were doing it because you're an extrovert who just had introvert friends. That's right. That's weird. 
Isn't that weird? Yeah. I have so many introvert friends. I would have went out to do those things with you if I could have been by myself. So if you could leave and be there at the same time, then that'd be be great. I could just live stream it to you. (laughs) (laughs) But one of my favorite things to do is when you're traveling to go to touristy spots is to offer to take pictures for people. Like when you see a couple together that are like taking a selfie or a family that's taking... One of my favorite things to do is be like, do you you guys want a picture? I just fucking love that so much. I do. I've been really liking interactions with strangers. It it is fun. Uh, Like I I used to really hate barking, but uh, I barked uh, the other week for Daily Grind and I did it for like a long time. Did you really? It was I kind of enjoyed it a bit, yeah. Oh, my god! A lot of people, most people, like, because it's also, like, you're doing, a, like, a little study. Like, you can start to, like, classify people mm-hmm. and uh, just predicting, like, how they're going to... Oh, for those who don't know what barking people, is, we oh, should yeah, explain barking. Sure. Yeah. Barking is when you try to get people to come into comedy. You just tell them that there's comedy. Uh, uh, yeah, Tom is not... <laughs> <laughs> I think I've heard street. of people doing that, but like so much of barking, it's like such a futile enterprise that like, if I'm doing it with someone, most of it's like, let's see if I can make them laugh. Like I'll ask someone and then they'll ignore me and then I'll like ask their dog on the leash. Like I'm just trying to, you got to just make, make it funny. I have an so... idea for a video. Yeah. So I have my Sarah tries stand up series that will be ending soon. You want to document barking? But I want to do Sarah tries barking. Yeah, and yeah, what, yeah. And that what I want to do is actually find someone in the scene. Let me know if you're up for it to compete with me. And oh, yeah, we'll take I'm tallies down. of the people that we get yeah. and see who will win. Okay. Yeah, I'm down for that. Yeah. Okay. Let's I fucking think, do it. I think it. maybe the barking experience I had was good because it was like the daily grinds in like a nice place. It is. There's and lots of people on a boardwalk. Like, mm-hmm. it's a little. People get a little less weirded out. Yeah. I don't know. I I just uh, I don't try to make make them laugh. Really, I guess a little. Sometimes if it's there, but like. I just try to seem as non-threatening as I possibly can, which... Uh, I think with this barking competition, there are no rules as to what you do. So I can flash get... my tits? I already have some ideas as to what I might do. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of it involves sex work, just so everybody knows. <laughs> um, they wouldn't pay anyway. Uh... <laughs> and then if they refuse your bark, you can be like, subscribe to my OnlyFans also. <laughs> But I really want to see, I because especially, I don't know, here in Halifax, I don't know if any females have ever barked. So I'm curious. Your guess is that it's never happened? I would guess against that. Who? Who, who would do it? I don't know. In the history of Halifax comedy? Oh, not the history. Oh, you mean right now? For the times that I've been around the scene, I don't think I've ever seen a female outside of, like, Snigley's. Yeah. But I've, I've usually... barely seen anybody bark. It's, yeah, me neither. It's super painful to do. I, I didn't even know that that was a thing for Daily Grind. Like, I, I think I knew after the fact that people were doing that. Snigley's, I know I know that, like, Jim always does it for yeah, Snigley's like, and economy. There's, like, a deal or something, but, like, I, I just do it just to do it sometimes. Ooh. And then, so, like, if, I, if I'm like, this sucks, I can just stop. I'm not obligated that to. That is really good, though, because that that's what you gotta do to is, get people in. It's not like, um, it's selfish. I just want a better crowd. That's like, right. It makes it no, a lot better. You're right, and I, I, I do too. So, intoxicated listeners, why the fuck aren't you coming to shows? Come to sh- maybe they want <laughs> like podcasts. <laughs> like getting angry at them. Please don't be mad at me. I'm sorry. There's like, Come there's got to be a bunch of people on the internet who are into podcasts, which are primarily 
comedians on them, but they don't give a fuck about stand-up. That could very well be true. I think that's a huge demographic. I think that there are definitely... It's weird because for a long time I was like trying to find comedy fans and then I realized that most of my listeners are just the comedians themselves. And I was Uh like, I still want to find fans of comedy and get them out to see live comedy because so many people just consume it in their, you know, watching Comedy Central specials or Yeah, Netflix and you specials. might laugh, like, three times. If, yeah. if a special gets, like, five laughs out of me, I'm like, that was a legendary special. Right? Right? Yeah. yeah. But, like, it, uh, it shows, like, I'll laugh at far worse jokes more frequently. That's right. Because it's just the live experiences. It's so much better. Yeah. And, like, seeing crowd work happen, seeing someone, like... Seeing someone like Matt Baker talk to the crowd for like Matt five Baker straight minutes is like amazing. What I want to say, one of the best to be nicer, but I think he's the best host. Oh, he's great. Yeah, I yeah, I, I haven't seen him a lot. Like, who did I see host Daily Grind? Joe, and I think that might be it. I don't Joe, know if I've, I've seen, been to that I've many seen, Daily Grind. I've seen shows. Sam host. Sam was really good host too. Um. Sam and Joe, I think, are the only two who have done it so far, other than but Matt, it was Robbie Matt's room. Matt. He was doing it. Yeah, Matt. That's the start, primarily. Yeah. yeah, Matt did the first one. Did he do last night too? Yeah, he did last yeah. night. I, I haven't okay. seen a whole lot of co-hosts. Like I've seen once uh, Sam and Emma on stage together. Oh, so great! They're I, so like wildly different, but the same at the same time. I yeah. don't even really. It's very interesting. Yeah, yeah I yeah. love it. I. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I was paying attention, honestly. Oh, really? Well, there was this really funny moment where they're both standing there kind of stiff. Yeah. And, like, it seems Emma's, like very an awkward thing to do. And Eva was just like, can't you feel the chemistry just <laughs> radiating off of both of us? And I just, I died. I loved that so much. Oh, man. Emma's, Emma's a killer. I can't wait to talk to you. So I'm yeah. recording with Emma and Scott McLean at some point soon together. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that Scott one. is definitely uh, one of my favorite... Uh, my favorite guest. And yeah, I, I realized great. how much dick I've been sucking of just comics in the scene for the past, like, two minutes. Uh, I'd like to say something bad about someone to even it out, but... Uh, we'll leave that, that to the be, end. We'll, that's we'll, too spicy. No, that's good, though. Not, I no, mean... I'm not talking shit, anyway. we, we got good people in this scene. Yeah. We got a lot of variety in this scene, is the thing. Yeah. There's not many people who are doing similar material. Mm. Everybody is very different. Interesting. That's good. Oh, you disagree. <laughs> <laughs> I don't Maybe you have a more refined I, palate for okay, stand-up than me. Do you know me. what that was? What? what I did just there? Oh. That was me in my mind going, I feel like I have similar... Okay. Well, we'll just get into it. Like, I feel like with... One of my biggest fears doing stand-up was that people would think that my material was unoriginal. Yeah. Well, it's going to be when you're just new. All of our material is probably unoriginal to some extent. And we just don't realize it because we're probably having parallel think with like hundreds of other comedians just in bigger scenes. And if we were in those bigger scenes, we would see those things pop up more frequently. That's true. And just, oh shit, that's hacky. I didn't even know. Like I, but you can get paralyzed by that fear of like you write something and you're like, of course someone's thought of this. I should just fucking throw it out. Right. This is probably unoriginal. Like, if it's not completely wacky and out there or super, like, specific and personal you, even personal stuff. like Even personal stuff, your spin on it is likely um, 
unoriginal. Yeah. Or, uh, and that's... Oof, like, yeah. every love song, like, breaking up or something, they're fucking hacky. So if you have yeah. bits about breaking up, you got to be careful. It's such a common experience. Lots of people are going to talk about it. Yeah. But it's like, what are you going to do? Just go consume every piece of stand-up comedy material that exists? Like, that's ridiculous. You can't. There's no way of knowing. I Like, when I was uh, in the years of, like, writing stand-up before I finally got the balls to do it, like, I had... Like a huge idea for a joke, and I thought it was so good and profound. Like, uh, basically, the angle was like, Oh, this is <laughs> star signs. Remember, oh, I, remember I said, yeah. uh, at the end, try to guess what I am. And yes. I think it might be easy because I think I've been told I like match it very well. I already know what you are. Did you look it up on yeah. Facebook? Okay, <laughs> fuck you, fuck you. I told you a thing, I wanted to disprove that bullshit. You're stupid. Because st- <laughs> I, I, if you think I'm not smart enough to have already creeped, every time I meet someone new, new friend, I'm like, what's what's your fucking well, star sign? This is the test I do. Is like I have a lot of I, thoughts on your star sign, by the way. Oh, because I don't think you, you're at all. I really? was not expecting that star sign. See, that would have been perfect if you didn't look it up at the end. You would have been like, I got you pegged. You're a fucking Virgo or whatever oh! they're like. See, this is this is the bit idea I had, and I think okay, it's still good. Me. But uh, I fa- actually ended up finding like a pro UK co- comedian already covered it better than, uh, of course, I ever would. Check. But the whole thing is like that star sign thing. It's almost it's a prejudice, yes, based on something that you can't control. Yeah, and it's probably pseudoscience, which. You know, there was lots of like racists who used pseudoscience to right. justify discrimination based on someone, something that they were born with and they can't control. So, it's astrology racism. You're kind of a bigot. Mm. Sorry. Well, you want to know what? I I don't think I am because no. I mean it's not as <laughs> it's not as heavy as race no, no, no. or gender because... or orientation and shit. Well, but... I just want to say, number one, I. You have one of my favorite star signs, actually, in oh, the whole yeah. star sign. Like, <laughs> I... Okay, I'm a Pisces, and... <laughs> shocker! I don't know anything um, about any other star sign. <laughs> but your birth chart, if you know what time you were born, you can find out a lot more about you. You have all kinds of different signs in your birth chart. Your rising sign is your outwards, how you appear outwards to people. Mm-hmm. If you think of a house, your star, your rising sign would be like the exterior of the house. And I always thought, what's that mean? What's a like rising you, sign? It's like how you act. Okay, so so I could be like a a, a Pisces, but I act like a, a Virgo. So right. I'm like I'm trans Virgo. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a good way to excuse any diversion from the script. Virgo, you're supposed to be like this. No, I might, but my rising sign is actually well, fucking like, Pisces or whatever. Go- and then the moon is like how you handle your emotions. And like Jupiter is like a social, the social aspect of you. So there's all these aspects of your personality and you have different signs for those based on your chart. And I always thought, I'm a Pisces, but I also feel like I'm kind of an Aries. Oh, and yeah. And I always want to be an Aries rising, and I was convinced <laughs> that I was. Like, I was just like, I bet you I have so much Aries in my chart. I probably have a lot of Scorpio, too. So I'm a fiery person. Okay. And then I found out Aries that I are fire? don't. Aries is, I think Aries is fire. It, like, gets in fight, confrontational and shit. Because that's um, not me at all. So, okay. So... One of my best friends is an Aries, and she described Aries perfectly. She said, when we're good, we're amazing. When we're bad, we're awful. In what way? 
<laughs> like when you're good, like when you are in a good mood, you are probably like the most fun to hang out with. Like, life of the party, social, mm-hmm. like, very fun person. But when you're in a bad mood, you're probably a shit show of a person. <laughs> Is that accurate? No, I don't think I'm a no? shit show. See, that's the thing. <laughs> if when I'm in I a bad out, mood, I'm when... probably just going to be quiet. <laughs> yeah. When I found that out about you, I was like, oh, that's kind of shocking. Because I, I feel like you're very even-keeled. Yeah. An even-keeled person. Like, I can't see you. I can't see you freaking out at anybody. No, I, I, uh, I'm pretty happy to see so far that, yeah, I I don't, I definitely don't get in conflicts with people, but it's almost too much. Like I, I'm not probably assertive enough. Oh, yeah. So like I, it's not that like I'm not getting into conflicts because I'm so noble. It's because I'm afraid of them and I'll probably fuck it up and I just don't even want to bother. And also I can't even think of examples of times when I should have started a conflict with anybody. It's just, it's not so much like this is who I am because of this is how I react. I haven't had the stimulus, the situation Mm. I've had. I don't know. I just feel like I know I'm young, but like, I feel like not a lot has happened in the 23 years, even for a 23 year old. Like I kind of, you're a, a new bland soul. Existence. You're a new soul. What is? That? Would you? Do you know what new soul old no, soul is? No. So like I, I heard of old soul, like you're supposedly act older than you are or something. Well, let's see if Google can say it better than me. Well, um, there's gonna be dead air. I'm gonna eat celery. See, like an old soul is like somebody. Who, okay. I, I will give you examples with comedians in this scene. Oh, I have the perfect example of a new soul versus an old soul. Okay. Emma Mater is an old soul. Like she, I don't know her enough. She's very mature. She's lived a lot of life experience. She's very smart. Um, she is still, you know, obviously she's she's a young woman, so mm-hmm. there's still aspects of her personality that reflect that. But she's had more life experience as opposed to me, who I'm just a naive kid. A new soul would be Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's literally the youngest Mitch, one. I'm so sorry. I hope you don't take that as an insult. But you, but Mitch also like has admitted to saying like he has toddler energy. Like he's just someone he has, who he has enjoys life. Like he just kind of dives in. Um, and like, but like with Emma, toddler's you know too that, far like, back. I think he has teenager energy. But with Emma, like you know, there's so much going on. I don't know. She's don't, she's an old soul. I'm I'm still like uh, I haven't actually like hung out with Emma. It's just been like. She's the authority figure who has the 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 mic that I w- want to get on, and oh I really gosh. respect her stand up. Like oh, she's holy shit! I have so much fucking to ladies' say. night blew my I mind, know. and so like I've only had brief interactions with her, so I'm still like scared of her in the way of like I don't want to. Oh I don't gosh. want her to not like me. I want to say something stupid. I would. Ag- I've known her longer than you, and I would agree with all those things because I. I should, should be scared of her. I well, no, not that you should be scared, but I understand the respecting someone so much that you like you want to make a good impression. Yeah, and and I'm the I'm the same way with Emma. Like when I did the the mic with her and Sam, I and when I didn't do the best. Like, I walked away going, you know, I don't really give a shit about the audience, but I just really wanted to impress Emma and Sam. Like, I, I, I literally felt so, like, because these people are also my friends. And I've gotten to know yeah. them over the years. So it's like this weird, like, I want to impress them as a friend, but also as comics in the scene kind I mean, of thing. It's not going to, like, 
if you have a bad set your first time, that's so meaningless. Like that it yeah. says nothing about your trajectory in doing it. It's true. Like, uh, it seemed like the theme in those videos of your, like, preparing to do stand was everybody saying, like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, stop. Because they know, they know, like, your first set is like a tiny little bump, like, and you, it's just, uh, it's just such an insignificant thing. It's so true. It's so true. And did you get like postpartum depression? Like, did it feel anticlimactic? So that's interesting that you that you say that. So I was ladies' night was Tuesday, and um, then that Thursday I tried to go up at Daily Grind, and I didn't get on. Um, and then I didn't go up again until the Wednesday after. Yeah, because it was ladies' night. Oh, the Daily Grind I was at. Yeah, it was late. I on. did. So I did daily so grind. So we're not even. I'm ahead of you. Even before no. the were daily you? grind last so night. I because did... I did a District 5 set when you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. I You're mean, ahead. it's not a competition. <laughs> Are you doing Oasis on Tuesday? No. Okay. I don't have any book sets left. And, I have Oasis uh, and then that's it. I need to get on asking people. I'm trying to get a weekend off so I can do shows in Cape Breton, but it might not happen. So my sets went. I did daily grind. I did ladies night. And then I did Daily Grind again. And then I did District 5. And that was the, the one that was the weakest, number four. And then number five was Economy Shoe Shop this past Sunday. So. So Ladies Night. Ladies Night was the best. Probably was the best, yeah. But again, that's a psychological fuck for me. Because when I started, everyone's like, do your first set as Ladies Night. Because it's the easiest crowd. And if you do good on Ladies Night, everyone. It, don't don't um, take it as a, a big compliment. Because everyone does good on Ladies that's Night. That's not true. That's what people told me, that's though. That's not like uh, When I seen it, it was a regular show. Because it's like people. There's still just as much variance in skill levels. If you have a group of all women or if you have a group of mostly guys and one woman, like <laughs> comics are comics Dang, and that's it's, so hard. there's people who did better than others. And like, yeah, what yeah, did you think overall not... about Lay's Night? Like, what, oh, it was like, great. Yeah. 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 You, you, you really enjoyed it. eh? Yeah, yeah. 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 I yeah. It was a weird psychological thing for me because I ladies night was amazing. I have the set recorded like like I I was very happy with it and you can see and part three that I'm releasing soon. I was just so happy. And then I haven't been so happy since since then. Yeah, that's, I, don't, that's, I don't know. The, that's what it is, though. Like, you have a really good set, and it's like you feel like a hero for yeah. a night, and then yeah. you have a bad set next time, and then you have an identity and I crisis. Actually, like, I, I hate fucking saying this because I know I'm going to get eye rolls, but I don't feel like any of my sets have been bad. It's just one, like, one was really not as strong as the others. Yeah. There hasn't been a set that I've done yet where I haven't gotten at least, like, one. No, last. and, like, some people have, like, different definitions of what a bomb is. And I, yeah. don't, I don't know where I'd put that. But, like, I would say last night was a bomb. But I've heard a, a different, de- a bomb is, like, nothing. Yeah, Nothing at all. Yeah. But that rarely ever happens. Or, like, uh, if you were doing it for money and then... Maybe you didn't get nothing, but you obviously didn't earn that money. Like, that's, that's right. a bomb. That's, that's really interesting. Yeah, p- I think people do have different definitions of that. And for me, like, I've definitely had jokes that didn't get anything. Yeah, you can have an but individual I, joke bombs. But I haven't had a didn't. set yet where no noise has been made. Like, Yeah, no. And like, that, I've had that happen, like, once. And I right. deserved it. Right, yeah. I think if there's more silence than laughter, that could be, like, a bomb. You might consider that, yeah, an looser definition. Of a bomb, yeah. Yeah. 
Like if you got say like say you did five to seven and let's say you did like I'll just go by my set list, which is I have like ten to eleven jokes. Like let's say let's say only three or four of those got laughs. That might be a bomb. In my yeah. Mind. If I did, if I had that, I'd probably call it a bomb too. Yeah. It's kind of like a test, like a pass fail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like if you get thirty percent, thirty percent, it's like, <laughs> well, technically you didn't bomb because you didn't lose anybody money. It's like, okay, yeah. sure. It's like there, it's all semantics. Some people like oh, you're not a comic until you're making a living on it. And it's like, okay, so what do you call these people who are doing open mics? Like we have. Four yeah. people tonight on this show. Four people come see our people. They tell jokes. Our joke people, like no, right. just they're, they're comics. Whatever. That's also a question I've asked a lot of people on the podcast. Um, and I've I've realized that a lot of comics, no matter how experienced they are, don't they don't feel comfortable calling themselves a comedian, which is very yeah. interesting. But if, in in terms of like, I would say amateur comedian, maybe amateur. Yeah. Yeah, that I wouldn't be like, hello, amateur. I'm a comedian. <laughs> that would be misleading. Pro comic. Yeah, no, I wouldn't even like I don't even know when I would call myself that, which is weird because people were calling me a comic before I even did stand up. Yeah, that's a little silly. So <laughs> because people just assumed. Like they would just see me around. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Like at the back of the room and like how, they just assumed. How often did people think you were someone's girlfriend? Not <laughs> <laughs> I think I hit some kind of nerve there. This is going to make me spiral. <laughs> never. <laughs> they've, never, never. Thought, they've never thought that. Thanks for asking, Thomas. I've heard uh, female comics have that problem. I just... Uh... <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> I really want to make that into a bit now. Like, like I've, I've hung around so many comics and I've liked so many comics. But even even though even though I've never done comedy, I don't even get recognized. A lot of female comics have that you could launch into it like I'm about to make a woman's rights issue. A lot of female comics, people assume that we're somebody's girlfriend, uh, but not me. And yeah, yeah. I kind of kind of really like that. Like like people people have never assumed I was a girlfriend, but they always thought I was another comic. Yeah. What, yeah. what does that say? Do about I look me? like a comedian to you. <laughs> yeah. That's insulting. I kind of like that. What, is nobody going to ask if I blew someone to get on here? No. <laughs> I mean, I would tell you to fuck off if you did, but I mean. I love that. <laughs> and that reminds me of something that you kind of inspired. You're kind of inspiring a new bit of mine, which is the bit that I'm doing about the positive side of like toxic masculinity, which I'm working on. It's not ready mm-hmm. yet, but like it's one of those newer jokes that I'm like, I think it has like legs just having bones. an unusual stance yeah on something can like yeah can elevate it a bit yeah i like would you agree. gotta it's you get focused on like okay there's the setup where it's not funny and then the punchline when it's funny but there's like three components it's like the there's the premise like what the point is and sometimes it doesn't have to have a premise sometimes one-liner jokes are so short yeah they kind of but technically maybe i don't know but there's a premise and there's your point of view like your attitude towards the situation and then there's the punchline and like uh and tags and shit i love that but like uh i yeah i i don't take my own advice on this because i rarely go to think like what's my point of view in this bit but like that's something that really helps because that's where it's it's all kind of about emotion i would agree yeah and that was one thing you know what your emotion is in the bit and like you and i both uh have this in common we both like 
we kind of lean towards comedy that is more personal. Mm-hmm. And like you had a good point about was it you who told me that when you bomb with a per- like when you have a personal style comedy when you bomb it's way worse because it's so much more. I think it. Or no, can, you were the one. Be. You were the one who said that it's still cathartic when you. Yeah, it can go. You say it, it. can kind of go both ways. Like I've kind of told you conflicting <laughs> messages. I know. Okay, I just want to say to you, I loved the message that you sent me a couple mornings ago with feedback. Yeah. Because when I saw the first couple lines, my stomach dropped. Why? Because I was just like, I don't know if he's judged. Because you were talking about my self-deprecation, right? Yeah, yeah. And that's definitely an area of insecurity for me because I'm like, I, I want the self-deprecation to be funny. Like, it needs to be funny, sad, not sad, funny. You well, yeah, know? I think like a lot of the time, sometimes feel people if it's not done like tactfully the audience will feel guilty to laugh like that's right. it's mean that's they don't right want, if the, like if they laugh really loud at some self-deprecating jokes like people would look at them like you're an asshole yeah and that's definitely a concern of mine and i'm of i've been hanging around comics for so long like i've been talking about comedy for so long that i'm at a point now where i'm like i just want feedback of all all kinds about everything that i'm doing like i truly don't care because oh, I, I completely nerd out i take comedy. feedback as a gift yeah Honestly, um, especially from people who get me. Now, if it's someone who doesn't get me, that's a little different. It's uncomfortable. If someone gives you feedback that you don't agree with, it's like, it's kind of awkward. Like, you really go out on a limb giving someone advice. Yeah. It's, it's a little... It's a little egotistical to be like, I think I know what your problem is. Here you go. Yeah. It yeah, could yeah. come well, off the wrong I, way. I always... I just don't... I get very... My defenses go up when I feel like someone's trying to change me. Yeah, you should be more like this. It would be uh, good for your image. And so when you sent me that message, my stomach dropped because I was like, "Is he? Is he trying to tell me that like that what I'm doing isn't like, isn't you entertaining? Shouldn't, you shouldn't be self-deprecating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely not. And no. that was the thing. You actually gave me some like legitimate advice, um, which is like flipping point points of view to kind of make it. A positive spin on something. Yeah, that's just self-deprecating. Some, that's something I read in the. It's just like, it's kind of like the go. I think it's Judy Carter. I think it's just called the stand-up book or something. It's from the eighties. Like it's kind of corny, a lot of it, but mm. like it really, it'll just sh- like it's really good when you're brand brand new because it would like it'll it'll uh, it'll get you. It's a little head start because like you look at it after you because I didn't fully take advantage of it. But then, like, you look at it later and it's like, oh, yeah, that took me, like, a long time to figure out. But it was just right here if I would have just paid attention to this. And that's my thing. Like, I that's why I love getting advice from people, specifically people who know what I'm going for with a joke. But they mm-hmm. see, like, how it could be better. Yeah. You know, they see, like, the little weak points of it where it's like, eh, like, I get what you were doing. But and actually, Albert, shout out to Albert Coombs. He he worked out with some feedback as well. Uh, just a slight wording change. Very, very slight that would make it hit a bit better with my firefighter joke with the chlamydia. The chlamydia part of the firefighter joke has been, like, my most successful like joke yeah, or yeah, punchline yeah. so far. That's but he's one. like, this might make it even better. And I was like, okay, sweet. I'm gonna That'd that be something time. I would have no guilt taking if it was just like, switch these words, cut this one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's Slight like, warning. okay, that was just an efficiency tip. Like, exactly. You didn't, you didn't come up with the whole meat and potatoes mm. of where they're laughing at. You built everything. They just yeah. they just replaced the... They put the wiring through a better hole That's in the right. wall. 
That's right. So how did you get into stand-up? So Cape Breton boy, country boy. Um, no, don't, that's not true at all. Country that's boy. not true at all. <laughs> I lived on a normal street. I avoided people most times. Wait, you didn't live in a barn? No, I'm just... <laughs> just shitting on you <laughs> a normal I, street what is a normal street it's look just like? a road i just i don't know with other houses nearby? I, didn't, I didn't spend enough time with the crazy people who live in cape breton to become one of them oh that's good well see i asked i just had a close group knit of friends so it's like i don't know i'm just influenced by these people it's not like i'm fit the culture i, I didn't right. ever join like the nightlife of cape breton ah. and see like the fights or whatever shit they got up to. I was just like playing video games or like okay. skateboarding. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. I asked cause I'm from Aganesh. So I feel like our small towns might be kind of similar. Maybe in terms yeah. of similar population, similar I mean, population. I mean, Sydney's bigger. It is uh, the second biggest population center outside of Halifax. Uh, just so you know. Well, la di da. Yeah. 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 Um, so how did you, what was your, what spurred your love for like stand up and like, what spurred your love for stand-up, but also what made you actually want to get up and do it? This is what I'm always fascinated about, like the decision um, to get up and do it. Well, I think uh, probably, and it was controversial, I don't even want to get into it now, but Louis C.K., the 2008 special chewed up, I watched that when I was like way too young, like I didn't get most of it, and uh, I was like completely enamored by it, and... Other than that, all I was exposed to is the Just for Laughs gags, like, yeah, not, yeah. not gags, but Just for Laughs, the sets that they just, from the early 2000s, that would just play over and over and over and over, and you just see the same thing. And then, like, Louis C.K. seeing that special, is like, holy shit, this is, it's, it, it was so amazing just because it was the first, like, real, not to shit on, like, Just for Laughs, but it was, like, TV friendly, and I've yes. seen it a million times, kind of old, yeah. but it was, like, so fresh. And then, like, the more I grew up with it, I was, like, just kind of like a Louis C.K. fan instead of a comedy fan. And then later, a comedy fan. And I've just always said to myself growing up, like, of course, I'm never going to do stand-up. But I think the greatest job in the world would be a stand-up comedian who just never bombs. Uh, Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to do it because I would bomb. So... I'm not doing it. I'm not willing to do that. It's not That's worth so it. That's so cute and optimistic. <laughs> That's pessimistic. Like, well, to think that your heroes have never bombed. No, I, I know. I know that they've bombed. Yeah. I just was not willing to pay that price to get there. Right. I was like completely closed off to it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, um, and I think. Okay, I'll just. I'm just gonna Freudian psychoanalyze <gasps> myself. No, I love that. This is my theory. So this is. What I'm going to say in a therapy office as soon as I go. So my sister died when I was five. Oh, my goodness. And that's like a very weird time developmentally and stuff. Like uh, Older sister? Yeah. Okay. She was How 14. Much? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, cancer. Oh, I'm so sorry. I know. I hate telling people because I don't know how to react when they say that they're sorry. You didn't kill her, did you? <laughs> did you give her cancer? Fuck you. <laughs> you were around then. You had access to cigarettes that you could blow in her face as a baby. Oh my god! <laughs> Still, that's so fucking young. Yeah, you know, it is. It's fucked I think, up. I think the thing is with that is, is like. You still, like, I still can't comprehend someone getting cancer that young and dying that young. Like, yeah, it's truly. just, uh, sometimes life says fuck you. So, uh, mm. it did. And I mean, I don't know. There's like, 
you could be like, oh, why me? Why this family? Like, but like, uh-huh. why anybody else? Why? Yeah. Yeah. Fucking yeah, yeah. kids are getting bombs dropped on their head. Like, right. why should I have a perfect life? Mm. But anyway, when that happened, I think developmentally as a kid, like I didn't, I couldn't comprehend it or something. I know I ever remember being very upset. I've mm. always like, I've always felt like, uh, everybody's reacting to me like I should be fucked up or something. Right. And I was just kind of like a happy kid regardless. Did you... So five... Yeah, five is so fucking young. So did mm-hmm. you have... Ugh, I hate asking this question, but do you have like a lot of memories of her? Not really. Barely no, that's any. that's so young. It is, yeah. And I think what happened was when I was... Uh, that young i could pick up on the tension in the household and everything and just uh my little five-year-old brain to deal with it was just to be like goofy and silly all the time so i think that made me develop a sense of humor and then Uh. i just remember only liking comedies and and shit growing up i was but later and then i got in really into movies and i liked other kinds of genres Mm -hmm. and stuff but i remember as a kid thinking like i was 14 i was like why do i only like comedy movies it's literally all i like so So cute and uh yeah so i it was like uh in school i was always distracting kids not not a class clown like i wouldn't like try to kill in class i just try to kill with like the people around me right and yeah i would distract the shit of them like i'm I'm pretty sure i had i have like add but like i went off and i would i would get good grades but then i would fuck other people's grades up Uh, oh my god distract them in class like what do you mean i just wouldn't shut up like i would were just you the kid to write be... boobies on a calculator and sh- uh n- yeah i've I, re- <laughs> I remember once writing uh a fucking shit on your head and i gave it to a girl <laughs> and the teacher found it <laughs> and there and i was <laughs> i was so funny <laughs> this is stupid it's, <laughs> it's so meaningless uh, oh my god but it killed with her she laughed really hard but the teacher found it and it was i was so young that like her reaction was like wow well at least you spelled it right like it was good spelling but you're in trouble fucking shit on your head it was just everything i knew i laid it out on the table oh my god that's the only words that aren't swears i loved passing notes in school that was yeah. like such a fun thing it was to pretty do exhilarating fucking love that but and we then, should get back to how you got into spanda <laughs> so your sister died at five yeah you, you became i think developmentally coping mechanism sense of humor that's interesting that you said the like that you distracted people and like you felt tension and want to break it because last night with uh the magician that i had on i mentioned that as well because i was like did you feel like you had to get into magic to like make others around you happy because you saw that they weren't because David Blaine said the same thing. And Joe Rogan. Yeah. yeah about how he it. wanted to make his mother happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and I happen to know I that like other comedians, same idea. They sensed, they saw people in their life sad and they wanted to cheer them up. So they started really? making jokes. And I just find it interesting how, how that, cause I haven't had that at all. Like I was never a funny kid well in like a fucked up way i'm kind of thankful for the fucked up things that have happened like i think bad things happening are a gift like they transform your character and if you can overcome it healthily and uh i don't know make the right moves like you will be far better off than someone who's just had a perfect life i think that is so true it's so much more interesting to talk to people who've been through of course crazy shit like like people who've just had no struggles i'm like you're not 
Yeah. You're, I still like you, but it's like, you're it's not interesting thing, to me. Like, nothing's anybody's fault. It's true. So, like, I, like I never feel mad at people because, like, mm. whatever they do, they had no... I'm, I kind of don't think there's free will. Like, mm. everything you do is kind of not your choice. It's all just your chemical brain structure, your upbringing, nature, nurture, just a giant... Kind of a determinist, I guess. Nikki Glaser thinks the same way as you. That's cool. She, I she, really liked that. Uh, I, I the only thing I seen of her was uh, the Netflix special. Oh, so good. Yeah, but she she talks about the, the lack of free will thing a lot. Um, because like when something bad happens, like let's say, let's say you don't get a job. Like say you really want a job and you just don't get it. It was never meant for you. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way you look at that, rather than oh, what did I do? That didn't get me this job. What was me? Why didn't I get this job? I deserve this job. Whereas you could just go, okay, it was never mine. On, yeah. to, the, on to the next. Anything that's not in your control, don't worry about it. Exactly. That's, exactly. That's like the golden rule, I think. Yeah. If it doesn't, if you can't make an influence on it or you're not willing to make the sacrifices to make an influence, then just don't even bother paying attention to it. Like So true. I kind of... Uh, read stoicism for like a couple weeks and then i just fucking stopped <laughs> like, <laughs> but i still go around talking about it i you mentioned this to me so what what is that stoicism oh, like man it, it's like uh it's, i'm gonna fuck it up or something but i can just remember certain all of it's written in like uh it's like 300 bc or something and it, it's like like a paragraph thought and then the next thing's like a two-line thought like it's it's almost like weird little jokes but instead of being funny it's just like huh. here's a good point i thought write it down huh. and uh but like a lot of it is like don't worry about things that you can't control uh a lot of it is about like just almost trying to control your own emotions That's and which who knows if it's healthy fuck i don't know i'm just no, uh, I think, trying well, it on i think I think it is because I think it can be a struggle for people, especially um, I would say anger and jealousy are oh yeah are hard to control. And when you have that moment of like, I'm really angry and jealous. I I wanted I wanted to just be angry and jealous, but you have that moment of like, don't be, don't be, don't be, <laughs> like like you the mental gymnastics of calming yourself down and going. Do you meditate at all? I don't, and this is a huge issue for me. I really like should. I don't either. Like I can't really fucking chastise you or anything, but that would be kind of a solution to that. Where uh, if you were just sitting there and let your mind go blank, and then you notice like anger or jealousy arising, kind of the headspace you get into when you're meditating is like. You see a thought and you're like, oh, there it is. And then whatever reaction you have to that thought, it's separate from you. Everything that's going on in your head, mm-hmm. it's not like you, mm-hmm. it's not Sarah. It's just a thought that came into Sarah for a second. And then you just look at it neutrally. And then apparently, like, I guess you do that enough, you get good at that. And then you'd be able to, like, quell those things. Right. Yeah. I really got to try the meditation thing. My thing is, well, totally is that I've never actually is, is developed I, it as a habit, but that's I always thing. fall asleep. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do it just lying down. That's the, but even sitting up. Really? You fall but asleep sitting honestly, down? Honestly, I think it's just because I just don't get eight hours of sleep every day. And like, this is main. Like, again, I, I'm, I'm bad at life. If, if you, you did haven't it, guessed If you did already. it cross-legged, then I think that's why they do that. Uh, cross-legged on a pillow. Okay. Like, it's uncomfortable, but kind of, I guess, part of the point is like, 
you power through being uncomfortable. And no, this isn't painful. It's just a sensation. It's not like yeah. annoying. That's just my judgment of it. That's another big stoic thing is like uh, it's nothing is good or bad. Mm. It's just what, however you react to it, like it's just a judgment. Bad is just, oh, uh, this car accident happened. That was bad. But you don't know. It could have been good. You don't know the greater picture. It also doesn't matter <sighs> if you think it's bad. All you're doing is like causing stress on yourself because you've judged a situation in a negative way right oh that is that's so like to me because i'm such an emotional person i respect that and like i want to be there i am not though like i'm the biggest like yeah there's whole practice emotional like like we'll just feel it all and like and then and then i'll be okay yeah i mean but Depending on who you are, like controlling your emotions is easier said than done. Oh, yeah. Such a struggle. Yeah. I don't think I've had an impact on it. Like, I definitely feel like there's been a shift in my perspective and life's been pretty happy since those. But I have been ignoring it. Like, I only did it for I only read it for like really like a month and then I kind of stopped. Right. But then I just still like, oh, yeah, that thing I was kind of attached to a little bit ago. But I I know it's like, (laughs) yeah, I definitely for sure have it. I I, do too. We should both get tests done at the same time. (laughs) Let's go get diagnosed. And I I told my mom, like when I was growing up, I was like, look, I took these tests. I think I have this thing. Mm -hmm. And I, I even am kind of cringing at myself saying this because there are annoying people who's like, yeah, I'm ADD. And it's just like, okay, yeah, you're lazy. Whatever. Yeah. And maybe I'm one of them, though, is the thing. All no, with a grain I, of salt. We're all because you take those online tests and you're like, I think I have ADD. That would solve all my problems. I'm not like just a lazy person. I just mm-hmm. have a brain disorder or a mental thing or something. Mm-hmm. So you go in. It's like, oh, are you always this, this and this? And you're like, that sounds ADD ish. That's me. You've already decided that you're like ADD. Right. But I don't know what extra shit they do in oh, well, the legit the diagnosis. Yeah, there's a, there's a legit serious assessment test thing that you do. And it's, I think it's pretty costly too to get it done. Yeah, I always, I thought it was like a thousand dollars or something to get diagnosed. And it's like, the only reason to do it is if you think that Ritalin would help your life. Because yeah. why else would you need to get it diagnosed? Like you just I'm, deal with it as you know yourself, your own issues with it. Like, okay, if I'm right about this ADD things, I got to watch out for this, this and this, these pitfalls. I think for me, the light bulb came on and again, I'm going back to Nikki Glazer. I listen to her every day. She has a daily podcast, like diary style where she talks about her life. Um, but she's also someone who thinks she's ADD and she's in the process of getting tested for it. And when she said, and this really resonated with me. Um, I don't know why. I know I'm really good and smart and could be great, but I'm just not doing that. And there's something like she's not. There's something holding me back from her potential. Yeah. But she's so successful. But that's why she's successful, because she just but she's never like, she's been, accepts her, how she, much she's got. That's actually very true, too. Um, she's been living like with her parents during this whole lockdown and she's been trying to write a book and she just can't bring herself to write this fucking book. And has she ever written a book? No. Yeah. It's probably hard as fuck. Yeah. I, I can't imagine. I, Actually, the magician I had on yesterday also wrote a book. He's wrote a couple books. Oh yeah. Yeah. I heard <laughs> Sounds you- like I'm bragging about my <laughs> Well, I'll bring up, uh, <laughs> David, David Rossetti. <laughs> 
That that kind of that podcast kind of inspired me to write a script or something. Oh my god! If uh, if uh, wave two, if there's really there's really nothing else to do, yeah, might as well because I think that's kind of where uh, that's like everybody's got their talents mm. on stage. Mine's mm. definitely not like crowd work or like performance. What? It's uh, well, crowd work. <sighs> you, this remains such a thing with comics that I have on. Well, everybody's got their stats. Like, I don't know the categories and I don't know the numbers, but it's like, yeah, Jim's really good at these absurdist jokes, but he doesn't do these kind of jokes. Like, everybody's mm. got their thing. Mm. And, uh... Hmm. That's interesting. Everybody has their thing. Yeah, but I mean, crowd work, I feel like... Uh, how many years have you been doing this? Like, literally, I don't even know. Like, it's probably... Two to three on paper, but so much of that was school and not doing stand-up. I've taken right. so many hiatuses. Yeah. I hate that it's a complicated answer, but probably <laughs> accumulatively, like... It's like it's like when you, someone asks you, how long did you date that person? And it's like yes, someone yes. you've been on and off with. Yeah, the fucking the girlfriend <laughs> I was talking about all podcasts has all been the same girl. Just on and off. For fucking two decades. <laughs> You're like, you try to add up all the times that you were together. Well, how long like, have you been dating? Oh, fuck. Breakups. Okay. She says seven years, but really it's more like four. Because if you say seven, we've just been cheating on each other for like four of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be, I don't want to <laughs> have oh. Polly as an identity right now. I'm a little. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but when did you, like, when did you actually do your first set? Do you remember? It was the week after my birthday, I think 2017. I went to Oasis and uh, I met Brittany. I thought... Brittany Campbell? Yeah. Oh, Brittany Campbell. Show yeah, she uh, she gave me my first set at Aww. Oasis. I went to I went to Oasis on my birthday and just to watch before I did it. And like it gave me a ton of confidence just to see it real. Like, oh, okay. Like I just... I realized how insignificant, like, all this planning had been, like, oh, I got this joke I've been working on. But then I saw it happen live, and I was like, you can just say anything. Like, I just Mm -hmm. realized Mm -hmm. how free Uh you could be with it. Uh And I was just, like, because what I was getting back to, like, everybody's got their thing they're good at. And I've always been good in, like, English class and stuff. Like, I'm kind of... That's where my intelligence is language, mm, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not trying to brag. Everybody's got their thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't... I actually remember those ads? What's your thing? <laughs> and it's like, bugs. Oh, yeah. I still don't know what my thing is other than podcasting. I don't think I have a thing in comedy yet. I think I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. Well, I was talking about like a type of intelligence. Oh, okay. Type of intelligence. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't What's know. What's your uh, strongest intellect stat? <laughs> I truly don't know. Oh man. It's a bad it's a bad time in life right now. I'm wildly insecure about everything. Yeah, but I, I think not, I truly think not working for four to five months will do that to a person. But where you're I mean, like, what did I it's what? not it's not that you fucked up though. Like everybody is in that boat. If I could say one area of that I'm strong, I would say my drive is really strong. I feel like I do get shit done. Mm-hmm. If there's something I want to do, I will do it. I I cannot count on my hand how many friends have come to me. Oh, there's this project. There's this podcast I want to launch or this project I want to do. And it's never gotten off the ground. I think I have the ability to run with things and make them happen. There's a a problem when you say you're going to do something. Because when you say, like, your plans or, like, this is... 
I'm going to accomplish this then. And people are like, okay, good. Your part of your brain gets the reward of doing the thing. That's right. And then you're less motivated to do it. You can't. Kind of should keep some things to yourself. Yeah, and I and I totally agree with that. I don't practice it though, because I will. I will no, just... <laughs> everything I'm saying that you should do, I do the opposite. I am not. Yeah, I I definitely taking my own medicine at all. I I there's there's certain goals I have. That I think that I haven't talked a lot about currently. Um, I mean, I've probably talked about it with people, but not like so much outwardly. But I find it to be a motivator. I want. I actually want accountability. I find accountability helps helps me accomplish things. So if you tell someone that you're going to do something, then it's like, okay, now I have to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's I why. I like the accountability. Uh, I like, um, um, like, on Instagram stories lately, I've been, like, updating people when I apply for jobs mm-hmm. because I'm trying to do, like, one job a day right now. Uh, because I haven't done shit for this for four months, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, it's it should or get off the pot time. And mm-hmm. I feel like the more that I do the uh, one job a day, like maybe then it will be two a day. One job a day? You mean like apply to one job a day? Yeah. I or, fucking hate applying for jobs. Don't even get me started. Ooh, I hate it. Too. Yeah. I hate it. Yeah. That's that's the worst. But also, I just don't know what I want to do currently. So accountability online though that is a tool i've seen like that's how bert and tom lost all that weight uh they got fat shamed by the internet bert bert uh bert Kreischer and oh yes okay yeah, yeah. uh-huh so they they use fat shaming to their advantage to lose weight but then i think they packed it all on again whatever works for you i i think yeah there's definitely value in both ways that you approach it i just know i'm a lazy fuck so, I mean, I was uh trying not to jerk <laughs> off and then I ran oh! into uh Joe and Jim at an oyster bar and made it a contest. So now I'm definitely going to make it. We got to talk with this. So you're in a challenge? The Seinfeld episode. The Seinfeld episode, but it doesn't it's not indefinite. I think in the episode it was like whoever breaks first. Okay, I have like a thousand questions about this because I think it's just well, number one, absolutely ridiculous and stupid. Um, number two, you think it's stupid? Well, okay, what are the rules of this challenge? Okay, so they're kind of shifting, I, I guess. Uh, so <laughs> no, Jesus Christ! The main thing is no porn for ninety days. I thought it was no jerking off. No porn or jerking off. So no porn or jerking off. Uh. I don't know how much I want to disclose because <laughs> Joe and Jim aren't here. <laughs> well, just let's just talk generally about the challenge. We don't have to yeah, get into yeah. specific details. So apparently it. it's like 90 days uh, with addictions is like when your neurons aren't wired together hard anymore. And uh, so I just thought a lot. Well, mainly it was inspired by reading about stoicism because a lot of it is like uh, trying to resist just easy pleasure. Just, okay. Yeah, just you're practicing discipline. Okay. So like it's something like just like just jerking off to porn all day is just as fucking useless of a waste of time as like just playing video games all day. Right. Okay. And it's like if you like release a bunch of dopamine doing this stuff, then you're going to be less motivated to do other things. So do you I don't know how coming works for girls and how they feel afterwards. Maybe it's mm. better, but like for guys you're like I'd de- have to pay you 150 an hour to tell you about my situation. I'm actually like All right, I'm not willing to. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're like, I'm not willing to. Yeah, if, if you give me a 
150. I still don't want to hear this. If you told me for free, sure. I'm not going <laughs> to. I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm probably booking a session soon with an intimacy coach about this. Cause like I've Googled it. I've researched. I can't find anyone with the same problem as me. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is just me then. All What's right. The problem? Great. Oh, I cry every time I come. Oh, I really? get deeply sad. Hmm. And depressed. I've seen that. It's not. It's not crying from pleasure. Just so everybody knows. Oh, okay. It's like I cut. I'll come, and within seconds, I cut myself off from it. I get up. I move around. I don't. I don't even allow myself to bask. Mm-hmm. I just literally like cut myself off from it, and I cry, and I literally get so. Even if sad. it's by yourself. Yep. Oh, that doesn't sound worth it. <laughs> You should get on this no joking off thing too. I really should, but I think, but I mean, fuck, we're getting deeper than I thought we would get. I think that there's something really deeply not right with me. And yeah, it's worth, I, I gotta talk to a fucking therapist. Do you know where it comes from? Do you think it's in a, like a life experience or just you're wired some way? It's been two years of this. Like it's been going on for two years. I think it's like a, I think it's, I'm so deeply lonely and I really want a connection with another person because here's the other thing. It only happens when I watch porn. If I don't watch porn, if I, if it's just imagination, um, I'm fine. See, yeah, because look, um, now that I'm on this, I'm not, we're on day 23. No porn or jerking off. Porn is fucking stupid because yeah. when you, the way God or the universe or the fucking caveman intended it to be was you imagining you having sex with someone else. But porn is this weird peeping Tom thing where you're watching, <laughs> fuck, you're watching people, <laughs> fuck, I said it by accident, the right thing, because <laughs> I hit my glass. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Yeah. And that's the thing. You're, and- you're a weirdo watching stepsisters and brothers, yeah. fuck. But regardless... For me, I think I think that in the moment, I I literally get jealous because regardless of what's happening in the porn, Someone whether else it's is like being intimate and you don't have it, exactly, it's the lack of intimacy, the lack of connection. Because if it's just me, if I'm not seeing a couple, if I'm not seeing like girl and a girl or a guy and a girl, you know, whatever I'm into that day, if I'm not seeing that in front of me, I'm. It's usually imagination, and, that's, and it's that usually works better. And you don't cry. Or be I don't sad. usually get. I can't believe I even meant it. <laughs> then you should stop watching porn. Yeah, no, I, porn I actually, sounds I, like it has an awful effect. Well, on Well, I haven't been doing much of all of that anyway lately. Yeah. Like, like just generally speaking, like I'm not going to put a challenge on it. <laughs> but like, uh, but I also this is what I want to ask you. So, do you think because you're depleting yourself of that? type of serotonin release or dopamine release do you think you're just finding it in other things like junk food yeah. or like like are you doing other oh yeah you have to like replace things. it with stuff yeah I, like i find for sure like i'm better at life mm. like for real it, it's like because yeah your dopamine is your motivation so like you don't actually get it when you uh like if if i was an alcoholic i drank it it's not when I'm I swallowed it and then the effects come on. It's like anticipation for about to drink it. That's when yeah. you get the dopamine. Huh. Is, that's kind of irrelevant. But anyway, it's it's a motivational chemical. So like you, all that energy goes somewhere and you just kind of channel it into healthy things like like I just walk around all the but time or like I've started eating better. Oh, okay. It just becomes easier to be disciplined overall. Ah, 
Okay, just, so it's working in the right way for you, right? Yeah, now. for sure. Okay. Okay. I mean, I feel like I'm dying of thirst, but uh, other than that. But there's also. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to get you a water? No, not that kind of thing. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> No, it doesn't do that. But apparently, like, uh, like you're you, because when you when you jizz as a fella, you like start getting estrogen and progesterone through uh-huh. your body, uh-huh. and so that doesn't happen. And then you, uh, I guess, yeah, more testosterone. So like, mm. you get a little hairier. You get a little more confident and shit. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That's fascinating because it's not it's not being released. It's staying in. Yeah, hmm. it might, I, apparently it's not good for your prostate. Whatever, I'm not going to do it forever, but uh, I'm young. <laughs> you are young. Yeah, it's a good time for you to do it, I think, if you're going to do yeah, it. And your balls get huge. But, but aren't there like, spe- like um, not speculations, what's the word? Stipulations on this? Like, like oh, you can fuck, rules? but you can't jerk yeah, off? No, you can it, still fuck? You can still fuck. Like, if you fucked and came, then you would lose like the hormonal things, but you wouldn't lose our contest, uh, <laughs> which just involves jerking off in porn. But... We decided that we can't have uh, girlfriends or casual sex partners on repeat because then it will be unfair to the other people if they can't manage to get a girlfriend. Uh, girlfriend so, or casual, like consistent casual. Yeah, and I don't think so, I have the heart to like literally have sex with someone once and be like, "Sorry, I'm in a contest with my friends, so we can't actually see each other anymore." But uh, I'll call you in three months. Oh my god, that's funny. That sounds like the so douchiest excuse possible to not <laughs> yeah, establish I'd a say. relationship with someone. I'd fucking say. So I'm just gonna be celibate for one night stands only. Days. Then yeah, okay, that's acceptable. I mean, night that's nothing. Jesus 90 days Christ. is nothing. nothing it's nothing for a girl but every fucking guy tells like you're out of your mind well like what's the longest this you've is, gone this is the longest i've gone really 23 days for sure What? what? like hands down it's never been Just more than be, like to be a week a young man of 23 and to say <laughs> <laughs> the most i've gone is 20 days that's, that's honorable that's a big number okay, can that's you guess impressive. how long can you guess how long i've gone uh, two months? No. Longer? Yeah. Ah! <laughs> I yeah. thought that was over the merc. Nine months. Ah! Nine months. Well, more recently, nine months. I might have gone longer before that. But like this past. Whoa. This past. Um, no porn and jerking off. Oh, no, no, no. I That's mean, what sex. we're talking about. I'm talking about sex. No, I'm not talking about sex. Oh, okay. What's well, so long as you've gone without sex? Oh, fuck. Uh, shit. Well, like I lost it at 16 and then. I don't know. Not that long, but like that—that's not that crazy. Mm, okay. Nine I thought you meant. I thought you meant like. Oh masturbating. God, no! I'm not an insane person. Okay. Holy shit. The, Good. The, yeah. I, Twenty-three days is not the longest I've ever gone without sex. I feel for, like for like sure. without masturbation, I don't yeah. think I've gone any longer than like two weeks. Yeah, I think that's average. Yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. where I was before this. And like those two weeks were probably just I was. Probably really busy. Those two weeks were (laughs) my former little religious boy self trying to do Lent. Were you religious growing up? Well, kind of. I like. I was. My parents tried to raise me Catholic, but they didn't really give a shit, so I didn't really give a shit, and Mm. it was just kind of a boring thing I had to do. But then they put me in Bible camp, and uh, it was just so much fun. Just camp in general, like that was like some of the happiest memories, and it happened to also inject me with this like fucking belief system and morals and shit and uh bible yeah yeah i totally i totally bought it i was like this is the way these people are so like cool and chill they were honestly probably like the nicest best cult in the world (laughs) 
completely <laughs> harmless. But like, I worked there as a counselor, dishwasher. I washed floors. I hung out with them in the years between and shit. Like, mm. it was just like people doing stand up. But right. it wasn't it wasn't the formal boring shit I've seen in Catholicism. It was literally just someone doing stand up. They tell personal stories and sometimes oh. it would be funny, but it was like a lot of just like here's how God affected me and it's just all the way they interpreted life events through this filter of oh. uh it's just like a really laid back kind of hippy dippy Christianity. Oh damn. Which is like, ooh, it was good. Okay. And, and then like I grew I grew up in like looked at everything more logically and just kind of came to be atheist at one point, but now I'm just agnostic. I think if yeah. you're an atheist, you're stupid. There's no yeah. way you couldn't know. Yeah. Because atheism says there's no God. You can't know. There, Everybody no should be agnostic. As yeah. Soon as they even look a, at even the a definition. small percentage agnostic. You can be like, agnostic in combination with anything else. Yeah. You can be an agnostic Christian. Like, yeah. I don't know if it's true, but I happen to believe uh, in this one. I subscribe to this, but I don't know. Yeah. So, like, for a while, I was saying I was an agnostic atheist. So, like, and I had a philosophy teacher say that's fucking stupid, but I stand by it. It's like, I don't know whether or not there's a God, but I happen to think there isn't. Right. I think that makes sense. That way, makes more I take, sense than I take the other the way. I the atheist part off that. I don't, any, either way. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a deep, I always say, I'm like, you could find out tomorrow that you're like you go to the doctor you could literally find out you have three months to live like or a very short amount of time and i i always go to myself like well i don't have money i can't travel the world i can't do the things i want to do if i were to find that out i'd take a bunch of mushrooms I would probably would definitely do that because I haven't done that yet but i would definitely try to find some sort of faith because i truly don't want to believe that there's nothing after that's why i like stoicism it's got a lot of uh christian ethics which i've retained like i've retained the ethics i think they're good right for the most part i mean they get a little crazy like christian not catholic right there's a difference between the two right uh well christian catholic counts as a type of christian Mm -hmm. but the kind of christian i was i don't know what the label is exactly maybe it's like baptist or something but it's like very casual. It's just I think chilling Baptist with is more extreme. Maybe. Protestant? Oh, maybe. No, Protestant? it's not Protestant. It's not. They were like, uh, we're not a religion. I think it's like kind of like born again Christian, I guess. Ah. Yeah. It was just very hippie. It was like, Jesus is my buddy. As opposed <laughs> to, yeah, you, you just hit up your buddy Jesus with your problems. And then you just sit there and then your brain would come up with a thought and be like, oh, was that you, Jesus? Okay, I'll follow that. But it's just your subconscious was giving it you advice. strict in terms of like, because I know for me, I was raised Roman Catholic. Yeah. I was raised church every Sunday. You know, we didn't really talk much about religion outside of church every Sunday. But I remember being 16 at my sister's wedding, hearing the priest say, um, do you promise to raise children in the eyes of God? And I remember going... One, what if they don't want children? Two, what if they don't want to raise them Catholic? And I started questioning things. It's pretty heavy-handed, that stuff. And it was never a big thing in my house. But it was like my parents felt obligated to be loyal to it because their parents took it so seriously. Right. 
and now I don't give a shit. So it's just like, it's yeah. just gone down. And that's been the path for religion. Nobody yeah. gives a shit about religion anymore, really. Yeah. I actually ran into one of those uh, Bible camp counselors like later, probably when I was like 16, 17. And now I'm like an atheist. And then he's, uh, I run into him in the mall at Christmas shopping. And then uh, we just kind of exchanged. Oh, yeah, you're doing good. Yeah, you're still with Melissa. Yeah. And then he was like, uh, so uh, how's your walk with the Lord? And so I was just like, I'm not going to lie about what I think. So I <laughs> told like, him. We're not walking anymore, we're buddy. Not walking. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I told him. And uh, so now we're stuck because yeah. in his world, I'm going to hell now. And he has a chance to save me. So he has to try. Uh, so we're in a debate now. It lasts did a you, long what it, time. Did you actually respond with, I'm not walking or... Yeah, I told him, and oh, then no. because I because I was like uh, uh, th- Christian fools, I'm an atheist now, and I'm like reading Richard, <laughs> Richard Dawkins. And thought, I'm thinking like I'm gonna pwn him in this debate. Didn't go that way. We both oh, thought no. we won. Like we were just at a complete impasse. Oh, I, that's crazy. I was like, uh, cri- like religion is going down more and more, and the world has never been better. And he's like. Yeah, religion's been going down and down more, and the world's never been worse. So we just had completely different... You know what's weird? Kind of side with him on that one. Yeah, I kind of do too now, actually. Yeah, I. I it's weird. I. Yeah, it's I think strange. the general public needs, like, to account for the people who can't just sit around and philosophize their way into being happy, it's like a type of mental medicine that's just really effective, and without it, there's a big vacuum, and people will get into fucking other types of extreme mm-hmm. ideologies like uh communism or you yeah. know all kinds of shit i think generally speaking um people humans we are social humans and everybody needs a community and religion is a community oh yeah and it's regardless of what your community really. is it could be a group of friends it could be a comedy scene it now could they're be, online it could be like people who share your interests like the idea the like honestly like the people who shoot out schools like they don't have community they have felt so lonely exactly yeah and that's why they do it so like that's really what that's rooted in i don't necessarily believe in like organized religion and you know certainly don't believe in any religion that would be like you can't do this this and this they get wild too like i heard they used to do the thing in bible camp the testimonials where literally you would just go up in front of a campfire and tell your like story of get this might be why i leaned their stand up because this was just people performing like people riffing they had like a probably a set list like i'm gonna hit this point in this story and then that's why jesus touched my life right there and then i close with this like it was yeah, like a preacher. So, like, instead of because some, I think some like black comics might have like a preacher cadence to them. But I, I maybe I, I have inherited some kind of like hippie fucking white trash uh, ah! Christian preacher Bi- vibe. Yeah, Bible camp, Bible camp vibe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's wild. So, okay, so you were your and then your sister died young, and then your dad also. And my passed dad away. died. Yeah. That was when I was uh, 16. Uh, he, w- he was in a wheelchair. He had muscular dystrophy. So it's just your muscles shit the bed all over the place. Uh, and he actually lived like way longer than he was supposed to. I didn't find that out until after he was dead. But uh, that's pretty cool. He uh, he had a good run, apparently. Wow. But, so your lungs are a muscle. And actually, like the muscles in between your ribs 
that's what it expands your lungs and your diaphragm and shit. So those muscles start to go and then you, you kind of just go downhill. Uh, so like I remember the worst day wasn't like when he died or anything. It was just when he went to the hospital and it was like, oh, this seems grim and you could like sense it. And I just remember uh, going home and watching stand up and I have no idea who it was. I can't remember at all. But like I laughed like a maniac. Like Aww. I've never laughed so much. Right. At stand up before, like every joke was fucking killing me. You needed it. Yeah. Yeah. It w- and uh, so that might be another launching pad for wanting to see it through. <laughs> that makes me want to cry. Oh, fuck, man. See, this is why I. Shit. <gasps> no. I don't tell. It's not so much the it's dad so dying. Awkward. It's, it's the fact that you found joy in stand up. That's oh, what makes okay. me. It's more of a happy cry. Like, it's more That's of a. Nice. Like, I. Oh, someone posted an. <laughs> I almost credit this too the other day. I truly think something's going off my hormones. I'm really emotional lately. Um, someone posted an Instagram story of an outdoor show in New York where a lot of the comedy shows that they're doing are outdoors right now. And it was just like literally a video of this little kid, like a little guy kid just by himself sitting, sitting in the field watching stand up and laughing and i literally oh could have cried because like the caption How was just was like he? the caption was like this is our best audience member he literally sat by himself stayed the whole show laughed the whole time and i was just like ah! a comedy show in the park uh, yeah in uh in new york oh outside. My God. and i was just like dave Chappelle used to do that all the time Aww. that's so cute i know i literally want to cry like when when people tell me stuff like that about how like, because I do think there is a healing. Yeah, it's comedy good, is healing. It's, it's healing. Well, it's for both be- the comedian and the audience member mm-hmm. is the thing. I mean, yeah, and it does. It varies depending on the style of comedy. Some comedy, and it's not like it's better or worse, but doesn't give hit you in the feels or anything like right. that. But it's capable of so much. It's like comedy is, and this is probably something I've heard on podcasts, probably Joe Rogan or something. But like, mm-hmm. it's like you have music. Yes. And there's so many genres. There's so many genres of comedy, but it's just you could never pin them all down. It's like every person Very is good. their yeah. own genre. Yep. 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 And and like you said, none of them are better or worse. They're all just different. And that is we have to constantly keep that in check because I think it can be the thing is with comedy and what I've realized just diving into it because I had this perspective of it for so long as a fan and someone who just enjoys the art. But when I started doing it, I started realizing just how fucking personal it is and how in your head you can get about it and how, like, you can just critique yourself to death. Yeah, and you're really putting yourself out there. I, It's really, truly, like, someone wrote me on Instagram being like, good job for you for doing stand-up because that's one of the bravest things you can do. And I literally just went, you know, you're kind of right. Like, in a weird way. Like, I never really saw it that way for a long time because, like, I've been so close to it. But, That's like, why the scene has, like, maybe 20 people, 20 to 30 people max mm-hmm. in, like, a place with half a million people. Right. That's how many are willing to just do that. Yeah. It's kind of bizarre. Yeah. It's kind of wild. Nobody eh? wants to do stand-up. And it really is a... um bond like regardless of your level war buddies yeah we really are um is this bitch doing mid-roll ads now i guess i am 
Listen, if you've made it to this point in the episode, it probably means you don't hate it. It also might mean that you listen often. And if you do listen often and you're digging what you're hearing, you should consider signing up for the Intoxicated Patreon. For a monthly fee that suits your budget, you can get extra content from me. This includes early access to episodes bonus episodes, bonus footage from YouTube videos. I also do audio diaries every now and then where I bare my soul and I cry and I talk about my life. It's pretty juicy stuff. So if you're digging the show and you want to support it and throw a few bucks my way on Patreon, you can check it all out at patreon.com backslash intoxicated. And no, my OnlyFans link is not a Patreon tier. It's, it's it's pretty insane. Is there anyone that, like, you... So when you started doing comedy, was there anyone who was starting around the same time as you that you kind of, like, like kind of went through it with? Or were you very much so, like, on your own with it? I mean, yeah. I, mean, I was kind of, like... See, this is where I fucked up with my personality. Is like... Where I <laughs> fucked up with my personality. I love that. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> This is where being who I am I just, fucks things up for me. <laughs> I just didn't socialize enough. Uh, okay, I just yeah. like yeah, I yeah. had see like I had a long term relationship. I have like the opposite problem of you where I like just leaned on intimacy so much. I never branched out and made bonds with mm. people. So like I've always been in relationships. Yeah. And so I just used because I like smaller groups of people. Yeah. I just like having all the attention. Yeah, yeah, Probably yeah. why I want to be on stage. So, like, Aries. groups of big people, really? <laughs> groups of big people, it's like, you have to, you can't get a word in edgewise. Yeah, and no, that's true. for your turn, and it better be good, and if it's not, you just ruined your reputation, and then you're in your head. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. But you're probably better than that than I am. You're obviously more extroverted. <sighs> being, being friends with so many comics is a blessing and a curse, I think. Because, like, I've often told people that the friends I have currently, okay, this is, I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I've never felt more understood in my life. Like, life is really hard right now, and there's a lot of challenges, but in terms of feeling understood, meeting comics has been huge for that. Because I feel like I've met my people. Like, where I can say fucked up, self-deprecating shit, and it's not seen as, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like, know? I, I would make a joke about my dead dad to come. I haven't yet, I don't think. But, like, uh, I'd be more willing to. I, I hate doing it with real people because. Exactly. They'll fucking be like, oh. Like, it makes them uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. I like it if there's people who would find it funny to watch them squirm around. That's right. Or, like, they would be like, D- why would you do that to them? And I'm like, it was funny. It's a way that. I think people who do comedy look at the world that is different than other people. It doesn't make it better or worse. It doesn't mean that the friends I have that aren't comics aren't some of my best friends still. But I'm just saying that in terms of feeling like a community, I've never felt part of a community until I started like podcasting with comics, going to shows all the time, being friends with them, Mm -hmm. like enrooting myself before ever even doing it. Probably Um, my first community was Bible camp. Yeah. And then stand up. And then stand up, right? Yeah. So you haven't felt that close knit community since Bible camp. Probably not. I like I had friend groups growing up, but it was always like I I have like just a handful of best friends, like less than five. Yeah. And I just 
use them as conduits to the friend groups and I never would go to the friend groups without them. Like, I mean, sometimes, yeah, like my main friend group in Sydney, like, yeah, I was, we were tight, but I was a periphery character in their lives almost. They were tighter with each other than, and it wasn't like they were excluding me. It's just, that's how much I was willing to put in. I'm just kind of keep to myself. Oh my god! Is this the first time <laughs> no! a guest has made you cry? But I feel that so fucking hard because I feel the same way with my friends. Like I truly feel like I have all these weird little pockets of friends that like are. It's not one group or not one unit. Um, and then as adult life happens, especially me, I'm 33. Like they go off and get families and they get married. And yeah, that's going to be scary. That's going to make, that's going to freak the fuck out of me. And they, and they go off. And so I'm still friends with them, but they're not, we're no longer part of each other's regular lives. Like we might see each other every now and then at a wedding or something. Oh, I but- don't, I'm not looking forward to weddings. <laughs> I am so glad those are not around the, actually they're right around the corner. They probably fucking start at 25, don't they? I mean, yeah, like, I would say late 20s. God damn it. Yeah. I don't want Because wanna. I would say like, yeah, anywhere from like 27 to 30 is when things will start to like get weird. And then when you're above 30, it's like then you're getting kids. And then soon enough for me, I'm going to start seeing the divorce wave. Where, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's only so many ways a life can go. But it's interesting because, um, and I hope she doesn't mind me saying this, but like, I always was like, okay, my friends have gone off and gotten families of their own and I'm no longer, you know, like I'm just here on my own. And then like I had a friend reach out to me who like is a mom, uh, married with like two kids. And she was literally just like, I fucking miss hanging out and I feel so lonely sometimes. Yeah, the grass like, is always greener. And it, it was just so interesting to me because I was just like, oh, like I thought you didn't want to. Like, <laughs> like... And then she's reaching out being like, no, I really want to just drink a glass of wine yeah. and not talk about diapers. I mean, all, or, the, all, these, know. all these things are tackled in the show Sex in the City. Oh, my God. This is literally the third time you've mentioned the show to me in our friendship. Because you're going to like it. I swear. It's I have watched the show. Not when you're 33, though. No, it's true. You're going to relate so hard. It's like what the whole show is about is what you're talking about. I like know. the crisis and, and- a woman has in her mid 30s. Where it should have oh, get off God. the pot time. Did you just say mid thirty? Well, third, I guess. Well, you're, a, you're I'm approaching like, mid thirty. I thought the way you go on about yourself, I thought you were like twenty six, and then you're thirty three. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Why is really? she so scared about? You thought yeah. I was twenty six. Just not be because it looks. Just the way you go on, like, oh really? my god, I gotta get a, uh, yeah. Well, okay. So is that worse for me or better that That's I'm better. older? That's better. You have more time. <laughs> You had more time than I thought you did. I think you're overreacting to your own age. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Um, one thing you'll you'll laugh at this. There's this quiz that's very intense, very long. Um, and what it is is it makes it you ma- cry at the end, doesn't it? <laughs> it matches you to it's what's your fictional character? What character from like TV or movies is you? Okay. Mm-hmm. And it will give you hundreds of results and percentages. So you'll have like the highest percentage all the way down to like, you know, 5%. Like, so it gives you this massive list. Do you want to know what was number one? What? Carrie. Carrie from like Sex and the Stephen. City. Oh, really? You're going to fucking love this show. <laughs> should I rewatch Sex and the City? Should yes. I start? Should I, yes. Should Do I binge crave? it? Uh, I don't. I'll give you my crave password. You're watching. It. I was just going to say, I could just. 
download it, but you know, whatever, if you know how to whatever, do that, whatever works. If you know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. I don't have any shame in taking um, some money from uh, SJP. She, <laughs> she'll be fine. Yeah, it's like the thing with the show is that uh, she produced it, and uh, it's kind of it's really cheesy. It's really oh, kind of cheesy, cheesy a lot of times. I think the cheesiest, but like the best, the highlights are like Sarah Jessica Parker can act her ass off in certain scenes. Delivering jokes, it's corny and shitty. When she fucking cracks wise, it's you. It's a groaner most of the time. But the fucking. She's very skilled at like the fights yeah. and like the breakups. Yeah. It's like the format of the show. Like, did you watch it very much? It's I'm like trying to remember. Like, I remember certain moments in the show. Like, I certainly remember the wedding scene with Big. That's the movie. The movies suck. Was it the movie? The movie. If there's a. Where he, she, where he, where he leaves left her, her at the hospital. Oh, oh, that yeah. Was the movie. That's the movie. The movie sucks. Seasons like one to four is where it's at. <laughs> I just thought of a wild idea. I'm not. I probably shouldn't say it aloud. But I was like, how funny would it be to do a podcast rewatching Sex in the City that exists from the perspective of a 23 year old male and a 33 year old? Like we're 10 years apart. Yeah, we That's are. That's wild. Yeah. yeah. Like, but just the idea of like, cause you love it so much. You're not the only guy I've talked to who loves it's that a good show. show. There's a lot of male friends that I've had that it's have been a, like, watch yeah. Sex in the City. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. Just because there's, it's just like, uh, it's kind of like just Bizarro World Seinfeld. Yeah. It's like, it's Seinfeld that takes itself way too seriously. Like, Seinfeld stood out by being the most irreverent show where it's just like, yeah. the characters never have long-term relationships and it never works out. And it's just girls coming in and out. Sex and the City has that too, where it's just, uh, but Sex and the City's vulgar. It's HBO, so it's a little spicier. Even though it's corny, it still says the F word. It's like, Mwah. It's pretty vulgar. And like, I and remember- there's lots of titties and shit. There's, re- there's no dicks. Even though it's a show for women, it's just here's titties. Oh, but that was the time. Like I feel like Game of Thrones started showing us dong, and then um, other show. Like what show? What show was it? I remember that? seeing oh, the first episode of Crashing. I never watched any other oh, part of it, but great that show was a great full show. male frontal flaccid. Yeah, yeah. Um, the show that I'm thinking of that I love so much that I watched over quarantine was Normal People, the Hulu show. They showed a lot of dong. And I was like, props off to you. Because there was a lot of tits, but there was a lot of dong. You think that's like a real progressive move? Like, yeah. suck it up, guys. You get to look at a dick. Well, not progressive. Straight girls more, had to watch tits but more just for like, 20 years. But more just like, yeah, of course. Why haven't you been doing this all along? Like, I mean, a dong is more aggressive than tits. Like, a, yes. just a straight up vagina in a movie, that would be fucking... It's porn now. Like, what have you done? Yeah. Have we seen Unless it's very a lot of vagina TV? I've ne- no, you never see that. I mean, you could show a girl like full frontal because right. you can't see anything, especially if they have a bush. It's just like a built-in panties, but you yeah. never see like a spread eagle fucking. Not puss a spread in a eagle, movie. no. But a lot of women haven't even seen them themselves spread eagle like that. Have never seen themselves. That's a thing for women. Women, women, like They've women. Never done this. Not all. That's, You'd be shocked. Women, that's, women that's have weird. been socialized to be to be disgusted by their own vaginas. Just as because a human, of Dane Cook. as a human, you should, <laughs> Dane, Dane Cook's the, yeah, Dane Cook Dane started Cook. the the fucking uh, meat curtain joke. The, oh, the yeah. it's like a meat curtain. Like like he was the one. And don't get me wrong, actually, like I had the hugest crush on Dane Cook for the longest time. I loved him, loved his stand up, but he did teach us to hate our vaginas. Well, based I on think that. I think that's fucked up, but I also think think it's equally fucked up. 
to make fun of really tiny dicks. Because dudes with really tiny dicks, it's hopeless. That's what it is. Same with a big meat curtain. You are right, though. Yeah, people can't fucking control that. But a meat a meat curtain is way less. It doesn't do anything to the experience. Like it's just an aesthetic thing. Like a little dick, like you fuck less efficiently. Like that is tra- ah! really. I mean, maybe not. Like I think that there's been studies that are like it actually physically doesn't matter. Really? Because the first two inches of the vagina are the most sensitive. So really, as. <laughs> I, I know I've heard, I've heard this argument. I still don't believe it though. I yeah, I'm of the You don't I want how many fucking two inch dildo sales are there? <laughs> <laughs> Not a lot, but I don't I also don't think that they're making them. So No, exactly. There's no market. Because I also think on the other side of things, the big dick narrative is also blown out of proportion because not most women yeah, m- like, don't want a massive deck. Average, fucking, average and up is kind of good enough, and it gets ridiculous at some Jim point. Jim Temple's thing? I would not fucking put that no, inside yeah, me. Are you crazy? You, well, you got a comically large one for Jesus that reason. Jesus fucking yeah. Christ, that's a big... T- that thing's ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> he if, went, he... if you have that dick, you're having a less happy sex life <laughs> than someone like... I think once you reach, like... I mean, I don't know. It's just the fact that it's so thick. Like, if it was a little thinner... You could shorten it up and it wouldn't matter, but like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I it's cartoonish. I have big. preferences, but truly, they're just preferences. Where does the diminishing returns come in in inches before uh, it's like this with is? Yeah. See, I find uh, before it's like this. Any bigger than this is less good. Hmm. I'm so bad with length because I've only only ever had one dick that i would consider huge mm-hmm. and that was my second boyfriend which like i'm pretty sure he was like nine to ten that's ridiculously big yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's insane yeah that's fucked so i'm skewed like yeah. because that, that was like an early sexual experience so was, that me. was yeah that's not when you want that thing. but for me it's always been girth like i'm just much more into the girth yeah, I that, I've length. heard that. Because the skinny long deck, I Ooh. don't want that. Because yeah. I also oh. that looks like a fucking a prod, <laughs> like it's gonna electrocute yours. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> fucking four Caesars. Yeah, in. it's just I. I think generally speaking, I've talked to a lot of women. This, if you're skinny and long, that's less appealing than shorter and thick. Yeah, yeah. I think like most a good would say six is better than a a, a, yeah, pen, a pencil six. eight. Oh my god, is, is, that, is that the title? <laughs> no, because then people are going to think that's me, and I don't want to... <laughs> Girthy Six! That's my album title. <laughs> if Only if the whole point of the album is, that's my choice of best. Oh my god! Is that your choice of best? Girth, uh, a girthy six. A girthy six. I don't know what, what would your album title be if you. Okay. So. Oh, I already know my album title, and I'm going to say because it it's not coming for like probably ten years, and <laughs> I don't say. want someone to steal it. But I have a perfect one. Do you really? Can yeah. you tell me off air? Yeah. Like, I mean, is, is it something that I would take if you told me? Uh, probably not. Okay. I mean, because I don't think you would do that to me. But no, no, like, no, I uh, like, do you mean like if it would fit you? Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't even know if it fits me. I just I like it. I want to snag. Oh, it. that's so interesting. And it like uh, it intertwines nicely into my like my other career 
Intel stand-up. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think it can be. It can. I can benefit from that other career without actually even talking about it. And if I made my voice this direction, I'm thinking, which who fucking knows? I probably don't know shit right now about where my voice is going. Nobody does. But uh, huh. if that would intertwine nicely, if with the the title I have in mind, that's interesting. I always like think of little titles, and I go, "Oh, that's my really the whole album." That's my album title thing. Is like, yeah, what are what's a couple words that could sum up what your comedy is like, kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, that's a tough one. It's that would be tough coming up with an just, album title. I just watched uh, Sam Morell's special. Ooh. Did you see that? No. It's really good. A bunch of people just came out with specials on YouTube. Yeah, that's fucking like awesome. Norman, Joe List. No, Joe List, Mark Norman, and uh, Sam not- Morel. And Sam, I just watched uh, Joker again. And uh, was he, he, he was in, he does a set. You don't even see him, but he gets a voice credit with his real name. He, oh my God. He does some material. He's like going on before the Joker goes on stage. And he tells some jokes, and they're like, they're like actual material, like they're decent jokes. And then they go, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Morell, and they call him off. Brian Callen makes a cameo, but he just like oh. plays like one of uh, the Joker's clown like uh, coworkers. Okay. And then, oh, oh my god. And then Mark Marin is like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Robert De Niro's like right hand man. I'm gonna have to rewatch that because I. Oh, you yeah. watched it. I, I, oh, have I guess seen I don't it. want to spoil it for the audience or anything. But well, I have seen it, but I did not realize that. Um, yeah, there's lots of comics making cameos. I didn't catch that, but maybe it's just because like I wasn't as familiar with them. Gary Goldman so does a. Uh, an actual set on camera. Oh right, right, it's right. It's the part right, where right. like Joker's like laughing in between all the parts, oh, like he's yeah. laughing the wrong times. Terribly. That was Gary Goldman. Terribly uncomfortable. Have you had like um, a set that sticks out to you as like your worst? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, High Life. I. Uh... <laughs> Everyone says that. <laughs> I can I can say that because it's closed. I went upstairs to the dispensary like probably three hours early, and I was like, hey. I oh, do no. stand-up comedy. Uh, can you give me weed that won't make me anxious? He's oh, like, no. I got gotcha. you. Uh, I don't know if he fucked me or if I just got cocky. But yeah, the cockiness is the real lesson in the whole story. I just sat there and smoked weed like long before anybody showed up. Looked at all my material. I was like, decided I was going to do a whole seven minutes that I've never done before. That I just wrote like about an experience uh, just a whole story for seven minutes oh, that I just, no. like, they're just the fucking worst oh, open micer no. bright idea possible and uh so i i smoked a bunch of weed and i sat there and looked at it and had like a panic attack like oh this is all shit and i went to my car and like scratched a bunch out and wrote new shit and i had like a nice like leather notebook which is the stupidest thing ever to have especially to bring if it's just like you know look how much dedication i have and then if you bring it on stage and you flip through it like, I don't think there's anybody in the scene who's that dumb to, f- like, flip through and, like, read. Actually read, like, a whole sentence in your head. I like, thought about a show idea mm. called The Old Joke Book, where I could get pro comics, like, people have been doing it a long, long time, bring yeah, their, yeah, like, yeah. early joke books up. I have, like, a Sony's bag them. full of legal pad. <laughs> it's that something that, like... Today I've been thinking a lot about because I, I was I've been talking to a couple comics today about some things and like they all say the same thing and I totally get it, which is like the material you have right now sucks and it's not yeah. good. And I've never gotten very attached. I truly like I had a moment today of just like, but I like what I'm doing. Yeah. And you have to like But I like it and and why 
and like and like i have been having a hard time psychologically with like just the idea of like you gotta keep writing you gotta like obviously i know i have to rework things and like say things differently or like try things different ways but it's just weird to me to think about like the future and be like there's gonna be a time that i'm gonna look back at like you know that set list over there and go that was shit Whereas, like, right now, I'm, like, so in love with it. It's just it's just weird. Yeah, because, like... It's just weird. Like, you can have a set list that does good, and then you look back <laughs> at it later. You could look back at a video where you killed and be like, that was still bad stand-up. It was just that's that just audience. Wild to me. Yeah. And it's, it's like, but me. if you can kill with the material, like, you have something there for sure. Yeah. And you should hold on to that if you're, like, killing with something. But, like, yeah, you have to... You have to not be you. You have to, to be attach. flexible. You have to be yeah. flexible. And because it's I, you're really attached when you've been writing it for a big chunk of time before your first set, and it's like, okay, you did your first set. Now uh, there's another mic over around the corner, and right. if you just do the same set again, that's, that's kind of shameful. Right. You got to have new stuff, new stuff, new stuff. And that's also where I'm at. I got yeah. a little too obsessed with new stuff all the time uh, in my development. I don't think I have the skill to really develop bits. Like I've I've never been good at just like making adjustments and perfecting this bit until it's finally tuned. I just go I, I use that logic of like, well, I'm a like one to two year comic. It's just probably shit, so I might as well just write a different thing. And so I I just like because yeah, I don't that's... have I don't have any material from before pandemic, and like I'm just start I don't have any like a lot of material at all, right. and I just forgot it all, and I'm not really gonna use it. I'm not good at developing. It's like I took it too far. Like the, and it's not like I'm not saying like every time I go to a mic I have new stuff. Like I haven't been living up to that at all. Like mm-hmm. during the pandemic, I'm just kind of stuck to like I have A material and I have C material. I need some B material. There you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The in between. Yeah, the it's like I can I can't just I have one like A material chunk, but I can't just do that every fucking mic. And your A material is probably older. Because you've worked on it more. It's, uh, it is like the best thing I had before the pandemic, but then it has a new uh, personal twist on it and then uh, more things added to it. So And it it's very consistent, but like everything else I have that's not that is like pretty bad. Huh. Like I've written a couple nice like short jokes that are consistent, but other than that, like that's all I got. What's success to you? So like when you when when you're saying that it's bad... Like, this is what I'm having issues with right now, which is, like, listening back to sets. And I've only done five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that right there is, like, skewing everything with me where I'm like, I just got to put these jokes through the ringer more and figure out, like, which ones aren't working. But, like, what in your mind, like, when do you go, that joke's done, I'm not doing it again. Like, is it? Usually if it does bad once. Is it only or, once or twice? Okay, twice for sure, and that's way too strict. You should I think give that's it more too strict. than that. And yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I think if you're doing it, like, say you're doing it, say you do a joke, a new joke for like, let's say a ladies' night crowd. Like, mm-hmm. there is a decent sized crowd at Oasis for ladies' night, and it doesn't do good. That's probably a good indication that it's not going to do good. Yeah, but if but if you're if doing little night, open yeah. mics where it's like. I don't know. What would you say the size of Daily Grind would be typically? Like audience member size, ten to fifteen. Yeah, like non comics, like yeah, not yeah, including the yeah. comics that are sitting in the back. Like, Probably. like it's a small crowd, so you got to try that shit out. Like, if you're doing small shows, and the Daily Grind last gotta, night when I did bad, it was just filled with like the most beautiful women I've ever seen, and it just made it so much more painful. 
Like, I get it. You're, you don't have to, I understand why you're not laughing, but why do you, you're making me nervous. Like, just please don't put on makeup next time. You know, this is a new, <laughs> wear, wear a sweater and sweatpants or something. Cause this is new material night. You just came to just fucking, it's oh like, as a guy, it's like, that's the worst thing that can happen. Humiliated oh, in front of you. Did anyone women. do really well last night? Yeah. Yeah. Joe yeah. did really well. Uh, Mitch did pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Andrew Wiley, I think, did good. Now, I'm kind of, I don't want to yeah, yeah, keep yeah, going yeah, down yeah, this yeah, train yeah, because yeah, someone's yeah. going to not have their name. No, said you're, you're being but objective. Most people did bad. Yeah. You're doing, ob- you're not saying that their comedy is bad. You're saying the show. The, the energy that happened in the room was yeah. Bad. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's nothing against anybody. It was a tough crowd. Tough crowd. I think hot girls are a tough crowd because they have guys at the peak of whatever game, like being hilarious with them all the time. If you, but they also have lots of guys bombing, so they just like they have a good gauge for like mm. someone putting a foot in their mouth. Like, yeah, I mean that that could be true, but I also think that it can go the other way around too. Like, like is there anything better in your mind than hearing a girl laugh at what you said? It's pretty fantastic, yeah. Yeah, pretty good feeling, eh? Yeah. Now, <laughs> this is where I'm going to get. <laughs> I'm feeling the Caesars a little uh, bit. How many do you want to I mean, have? only two, but like. Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling them. You might be sick. Um, okay, so picture. 5.5. Because I'm trying to reverse it and tell you my experience, like yeah. performing for like hot guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay, guys, generally speaking. There's this stigma on female comics that women aren't funny. I'm not saying that all guys think that, but I'm saying... You never know who does. But I'm saying that there, it, it's a little tougher for okay. us to make yeah. a hot guy laugh than for you to make a hot girl laugh. I'm going to die in that hill. Hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm planting my flag on that because I've talked to a bunch of female comics. I've talked to, you know, Kirsten, Adrian. I like I've talked to people who've been around and done a lot of shows. So you think hot guys are more likely to be sexist? No, not sexist. But I think, think that, that female th- comics are bad and have that preconception and not like you. I think that there's something I've seen, you know, men Oh God! I mean, we're two hours in. If if you're hearing this, <laughs> you you deserve to hear it because you're a trooper. Um, okay, how can I say this? A lot of guys take smoke breaks during a female comics set. I did it accidentally one night. <laughs> I felt really bad. I did do. It. I was like, oh shit! She was the only girl. Fuck. <laughs> Oh my god, but I'm dying. I might, I might, yeah. I'm dying because you're such a sweetheart. Because you are actually really supportive I didn't of women do in comedy. It on purpose, I, gotta say. I swear. I gotta say, but you're really supportive of of women in the scene, and that's very I mean, refreshing. Really. I just, but you talk about them like okay. Everybody's equal in I my know. mind. But I've heard you like I've heard you you know t- say really good things about tall and like it's just really nice to see that because I do feel like it's a little bit challenging sometimes like yeah, for course. men to like just hear us out like just just hear us out and listen to us like we are just another comic up there versus here's a girl who's going to get up here and you know <laughs> you know like it's tough. So I respect that and it's very like I I thank you for it because it's well, it's nice to see. It's uh weird. You shouldn't have to thank me. That should just be right? a normal. I thing. know. Yeah. 
Well, like, how often have you, like, I know there's the vibe you get from male audience members. How often have you had guys say things that really shows their colors as the negative? Pitting women against each other. You're better than this woman. And here's why. Why are you specifically targeting women? Why can't yeah, you say Yeah, why can't you why compare can't you, it to exactly, the guy before? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Why are there ladies' nights? Because women tend to feel safer up there with other women. There's women on the ladies' those- night has the benefit of, like, when you're... If you happen to be the only female comic on the lineup, then it's like, oh, shit. If I have a lot of female-centric bits, people are going to see me and be yeah. like, of course. Exactly. Look at this. And I had that That's on exactly Sunday. I was the only female. I, I was the only female on, on economy. Yeah, it's a weird pressure that anybody in a minority group has to deal with when they're on a... Exactly. On a lineup, yeah. And and also, it's just... But I really liked Lady, Ladies' Night wasn't like that. Like... Yeah. If the stereotype was true, Ladies Night would have been a repetitive slog, but it wasn't. It was good. Yeah. It's really just a good. comedy show. Lots of variety, lots of different styles. You no, know, Ladies Night, I got into, um, I had to stand the entire time. Uh, I was leaning against the back wall and I, we were standing. And then one by one, people started grabbing chairs. Scott, like, grabbed a yeah, chair. Yeah, yeah. And then there was a guy next to me. I don't know him, but there was a chair behind him. And he like took the chair and he like offered it to me. And I was like, okay. And then, but I didn't want to just sit. And then he's standing there. I'd feel like he's like a dominant, <laughs> like kind of imposing. I'd feel like a little baby. Like my knees couldn't take it. I had to sit down. So, so I just looked at him and then I took the chair and I offered it to him. Aww. And then we both just started cracking up laughing. That's and we, so like, funny. We like laughed for like a really long like, time. Like going to share custody of the chair through a fucking or, show. Or like we both, it was like a nonverbal thing. Like, I can stand. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I can stand too. I'm not sitting. There was a chair there and we both offered to each other. But so then I was just like, well, now I got to stand the whole time. But he had like a podium thing and he was like leaning on it. Oh, wow. Which I think gave him an advantage. And then oh, like I, I could only like lean against the wall. Hmm. I don't remember much from that night because I blacked out. <laughs> <laughs> like when you're on stage? The whole, like every whole night. Like it, I definitely it was, blacked out my first set. I didn't. I don't like have a recollection of it. I truly don't. And I didn't record it either. The first time, the very first time, I didn't was, record it. It was just. It was just uh, friends that I brought, and then comics. And I was like, oh, okay. okay. And it was so ironic because like they would all be friends would always be like, oh, you're gonna do stand up. Try some stuff out on me. It's like, no, it's weird. It's not like that. You have to have an audience. There has to be other people. And then the first time I do it, it's literally okay. Now. Do what I just told you to do. Just tell me. That <laughs> I ended that up. That is weird. But then there was comics I was trying to impress, and I don't think any of them laughed or anything. But oh, like, I hate that. Uh, I I killed with I my hate friends. That pressure. And then, but uh, the there used to be a DJ uh, Seth at Oasis. He was a guy who would like play music, and and rarely there'd be interactions. Like hmm. sometimes comics would try too hard with him, but he was just cool as a cucumber, and he just like if they were overreaching, he'd just be really like short with them and like. But he would interject sometimes. It was it was a good amount. Like you could get overboard with that. That could get annoying. But he was yeah. fucking awesome. Oh, interesting. Okay. And yeah, so he would play music when people came up. And then after the show, he was like, uh, he like was very complimentary on my material. It's like once you get like stage legs and get used to being on stage and some getting some confidence, because that's that's the only thing holding you back. Like that's good that's material. what it is and about it was, in the uh, early days. Yeah, uh, first set getting like. A talking to a positive one like yep. that's so encouraging so encouraging. might not even be here if it wasn't for that and honestly like like you did so well this past sunday 
Yeah, they were a lot of my coworkers. I, I'm not saying they're fake laughing, but it's funnier to them because it's me saying that stuff. Right. But I am really proud of that. I got a good. But you I got did. A good taste you still that. did it, yeah. and it means that you could probably do it again. As yeah, long as you channel I think that that's energy, a, you know? a good set I put together there. I think the ending needs a little work, but uh, that that's like a good like showcase seven minutes. Yeah, and uh, hopefully it does. It would do just as good on other mics. But the thing is, I can't just keep doing that like it's such a tiny scene you kind of have to have add with your material and have a oh my god you're so fucking come right. with some new shit you're you're really just like you kind of just have talking to, to all my insecurities treat right it now. like a full-time like treat it like a job like that's that's a lot of like what i hear mm-hmm. seinfeld talking about he's got a calendar he uh fucking marks an x every time he writes and he writes every day and he just sits down and it's wild i mean this is probably in his heyday he kind of rested on his laurels i think Mm. Laurels. laurels laurels yeah can i psych psychologically analyze you absolutely with a couple questions yeah uh i don't know if you've heard this on the show before i have yeah uh, i know exactly fuck. where you're going god damn it <laughs> um i should have known but we're gonna do it anyway all right um so your favorite animal and three things about that animal as to why it's your... I don't even know. Whatever. I don't have one, really. Shut up. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Like, whatever I picked right now, it won't be my favorite animal. It'll just be whatever animal popped into my mind when uh, I'm such an Albert Coombs response. Albert, when I asked him this, he went, well, I don't know. A monkey? Because they do magic? <laughs> <laughs> I... I think I'll go with a bonobo uh, oh because, it, because it's because uh, it's our closest a, a bonobo because it's our it's we're equally related to bonobos as chimpanzees. But okay. the big difference is bonobos are nearly endangered and they're way more peaceful and they just it's a fuck fest all over the place with bonobos. Chimps are violent assholes that get in wars with other tribes. Bonobo tribes, they just have a big orgy and everybody raises kids. They don't know whose is whose. So they're nice to all the babies. And like, uh, I think the mothers, uh, just like get their friends to fuck her son all the time. And it's just a big fuck fest. And I want to be one. What I take. Okay. Okay. And they don't so have them peace- in zoos because they fuck like people and it creeps people so out. So peaceful? Yeah. Fuck fest. Peaceful fuck fest. What's one more thing about bonobos? Uh, that you like the resilience? I don't know about the resilience. Yeah. They're I just, just friendly. They're friendly. Okay, friendly. That works. Um, favorite article of clothing? Uh, probably a shirt like this that's like... Uh, Jesus Christ. Long- You're Albert Coombs! Long- Albert <laughs> said the same fucking thing! What's going on with you two? Uh, men are just basic animals. <laughs> Albert! Ooh, I like this sweater because of the way it feels and the... Co- <laughs> no, no. This is my go-to. Uh, see, I don't like showing off my upper arms because I have a fucking complexion of... Uh, a white trash person, but I have a decently hairy forearm, so I like a shirt that covers up the upper arm that I'm insecure about, but it'll still show the shape, and then the uh, the arm hair. And that's covers insecurities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what else about the shirt? Other than like the area that it covers. Uh, I never thought this deeply about clothing before. What else do I like about this shirt? I don't know. It fucking fits. Okay. The color scheme. Is it reliable? Yeah, this shirt's reliable. <laughs> is it comfortable? Uh, uh, yeah. I wear this uh, at home or out on a date. Versatile. 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 
Um, favorite body of water? Uh, the Sydney Harbor. Okay. Why? Because <laughs> it was right down my street, so I'm uh, most used to looking at it. It's uh, it's the cesspool. It's where all our shit goes. <laughs> this is gonna make me look fucked. I don't actually remember the exact outcomes of what happens, but works. I don't think I'll be a normal person. This, this works great. It's probably that, um, that local, might be local. It's familiar. It's familiar. Nostalgic. Nostalgic. I once um, had a nightmare that a friend drove me right into it, and then we drowned in the car. Jesus Christ! We, that yeah. That's Not to death. I just remember watching it and be like, because it was like, so the dream was, this is, this is deep. I don't even remember. Rogan, are you okay with Rogan length? Oh, if you're fucking, a listener. Are you I okay with longer episodes? I'm with Rogan Okay. Length. I'm okay yeah. to keep going if you That are. means I can do Rogan. Okay. Then we can keep going. If uh, you, if you want to keep going, like we can I'll, Rogan this. I want to break the record, but I don't want you to get I sick of me. the longest episode I've done. I don't know either. I'm not that big of a fan. Okay. Well, we'll keep going. Okay. So what was the dream? Actually, can I pee first? Yeah, I gotta pee too. Okay, well, I'm gonna go first because I'm a girl. Okay, does this get cut out or do I gotta hold the whole show? Um, yeah, it's way too much pressure. What's going on? Do you like the Caesars? Yeah, I like them too. I'm gonna chug this real quick. Oh, I'm getting another one. There's uh, pickled beans. I got uh, cans. I thought four wasn't enough. So I got uh, I got six tall boys of the pickled bean variety. And it doesn't sound like you're gonna drink them all. It's a little late now. I'm getting drunk. I've never seen the hurting thing until uh, texting you and all like the reactions to messages. (laughs) (laughs) I was so confused. (laughs) Ah, Just the idea of someone like seeing (laughs) (laughs) seeing like the like laugh reaction. Or like yeah, heart like, reaction. What, what is this? Because it, so it popped up as like Sarah McLaughlin laughed at and then quotes my text, and I was, "What is this?" Oh my god, that's funny. Have Can an you only amazing... do that on iPhone? iPhone? <laughs> <laughs> do you have an iPhone? <laughs> an iPhone. <laughs> okay, what were we talking about? We we're talking about your dream about driving. Oh yeah, body of oh, yeah. We were on the body of water subject. Okay, um, so see how much of a pro I am. I remember that is pretty good. I wouldn't have. So um, yeah, I was. Uh, I, I grew up next to these two guys. They were my next door neighbors, and they were older. So uh, I always was in a friend group with like two year senior kids, which is a big deal when you're really young. Like that's yeah, a big gap. Uh, two years, and then his brother was three years. And, uh, so they would like get into wild shit sometimes, and they're kind of troublemakers. And I kind of got bullied by that friend group a little bit, but whatever. <laughs> it's a thick skin. I can get my balls busted, and I'm fine. Oh. Uh, yeah, I pride myself in my ability to take ball busting. Anyway, uh, so in the dream, <laughs> it was this, it was the younger brother neighbor who, like, uh, got in the driver. It was, no, the older brother was driving. He would probably might have been 15 and the guy was uh, 13 or something. But I was like 10. I don't know. Yeah. I can't do math right now. Yeah. That's and uh, <laughs> just guess. <laughs> and so the older one was driving and then the younger one was like, I want to drive. And he's like, no, you're not driving. He's like, I want to drive. And then he gets in the driver's seat and the older brother's like, watch this. He's going to put it right into the harbor. Mm-hmm. And then that's what happened next. That's and then wild. I was just watching my street floating and I just. Oh, shit. 
like, oh, I should have read the signs and not get in. Like, yeah, I've had a lot for of some reason. It's not that crazy of a dream. It's not a good story dream or anything. No, I don't think so. But, but that's just that means- I only remember like two or three dreams from childhood. But remember this. It's weird. Every time you have a dream about water, water always equals emotion. Hmm. In dreams. So that I felt like the <sighs> meaning of that dream was that I should uh, heed the warning signs. He said it would go. He said his brother was so stupid he'd drive it right into the harbor, and that's exactly what happened. And I should have uh, got out of the car. I've had a lot of dreams about being in the back seat of a car with no driver, and the car is driving itself, and it's driving backwards out of my control. And I take that to mean in my waking life, I always want to be in the driver's seat, and it's a fear of mine to not have control. I had the opposite dream, in really, a fear, where I would. It was when I was younger before I started driving and it was like a reoccurring nightmare where just somehow I would find myself driving a car and not knowing how to drive a car and not knowing where I'm going and being completely lost and Mm. stranded and just like, what the fuck do I do next? And I I don't know how to drive. And it went away once I started driving. I hate driving, by the way. I'm actually driving my sister to the airport tomorrow morning. She's going away for two weeks, and I get her car for two weeks, so I have a car for two weeks. Um, so you, you don't have a lot of practice driving, you don't drive regularly? I don't drive regularly because I just, since moving to Halifax, I haven't had a car, right? So, like, so I have don't you drive only a ever lot. driven in Inniganish? And it, well, I've driven in Halifax, but like, because I have access to my sister's car, uh, just not, not a lot. Yeah, it's good to have practice, but it could be a little intimidating if you come from a smaller place. Oh, I'm I'm just I'm you don't know about my I, I forget fear of cars. It's... I'm scared of all cars. I kind of had a fear of because I've I've totaled two cars. Like what? Yeah, I like one was when I was a teenager, and it was just uh it was just a dark road and it was windy and I just didn't turn enough and then your my wheel caught onto the gravel and just fucking and then uh it just Did went it roll it, no it went to the ditch and it was all fucked up and then we that's to- not totaled though it's like it <laughs> wasn't sellable I love it how was I'm, like, I'm like that's not badass enough <laughs> but like i the next week we like were drinking or something we got a cab back to the house that i was coming from and the cab driver just out of nowhere was like oh yeah a ton of people drive off here and die like right here, Holy right off this shit. bridge, and it was like the next turn or something. Oh my god! Yeah, and then I had, and then I crashed again. I don't want to talk about. It. Oh but, my uh, god! Crazy. Yeah, it wasn't like a big. I crashed in like a rock or something. So I'm kind of a bad driver, but yeah. uh, but at least you haven't collided into other cars. No, I've never yet. victimized anybody. That's good. I, I I have a I'm like a crippling fear of getting hit by a car. Well, I had a recurring nightmare of being on a rainy road and then I'm in a car that's just going in circles uncontrollably and I'm never sure when it's gonna when the shoe's gonna drop and I'm gonna crash into something and fucking die or be paralyzed or something. Jesus and, Christ. but it just keeps on going and going and going and going to like a cartoonish lead long time. That's but that's that's stopped. We really suppresses dreams. Yeah, I and, hear that. Uh, I don't really like that about it. I, have, I like dreaming. I have smoked like two grams on this podcast right now. So like, I like dreaming. That's why I don't dream anymore. Dreaming takes me away from real life, which I hate. Um, I sometimes if you if you smoke weed a lot and then you block your dreams and then you stop, your dreams come back with a vengeance oh, and they're like shit. almost psychedelic. And I actually kind of love it. Okay, it's, so it's do fun. you? Okay. This is this is a general question I have for you. Um, do you believe in like do you believe in like the paranormal, like another realm of 
being like do you believe in ghosts at all Mm, not really i haven't i haven't had any personal experiences and that's kind of my litmus test like i need to encounter but if i did i think i would probably start to believe in ghosts so you're open to them but you're not you're you're not like anything like there's some things you just can't know and like like i'm agnostic with god i'm agnostic with ghosts but also i'm not gonna believe people's ghost stories and i find that kind of uh awkward when like someone tells me a ghost story and they're like so you believe in ghosts now and i'm like no i still don't so you think i'm crazy or a liar either one you're either you're a gas you're a gaslighter or a liar yeah yeah so i but i also don't want to have to just pretend to completely have a transformation mm-hmm. in my view of the cosmos and death has anything weird that, i'm not that good at acting i can't okay. be like Holy well, shit, I believe in ghosts now. What? To be I'm honest, not gonna lie. I was mostly curious because you've had a sister die and a father die. And I was wondering if you've ever had any like weird experiences with like feeling their presence or like I don't know. I've been thinking about mediums lately, because I was thinking about getting a medium to come on the show. Mm-hmm. To like just I just I'm just fascinated by that whole thing. I'm skeptical of them. I think they do like background checks on people and creep them on social do media. And they go I think they do <gasps> what deep about research. the ones that only book by phone? I don't know. I think they there's pro. I don't know. I don't know. I, be- I don't believe in mediums. I think they are very skilled at feeling people out and like being investigators. Re- like they're very empathetic. They they read people. They can read people, and yeah. a lot of people who seek mediums are willing to give them a lot of benefit of the doubt and forgive a lot. But like I don't know. I've never- I say this as being one of them. <laughs> oh really? I I I yeah. I have like this weird addiction to uh, pick a card readings, which are like these things on YouTube that are like, it'll ask a question. Most times it's like, how does he feel about me? Am I still on his mind? It's always about like, like they're clearly targeting women who are like trying to get over someone or like, well, yeah, like unrequited love, like all of that. The internet's always just trying to figure you out. And I always find it's like kind of insulting the stuff that like, really the only internet I consume is like YouTube. Oh, which yeah, is yeah, pretty yeah. shitty. Ah, it's junk food. No, I mean, I mean, I it, so- it is. Yeah. It, it, like, okay, in the grand scheme of things, like if we're talking media consumption of like, you could you I don't could watch, watch the, a Netflix. Doc- I don't even watch the news, but I watch just like reaction videos on YouTube. I do and- too. That's me as well. But we need a break from the like the world is shitty. I don't, and I, we need a break from it, and that's what YouTube is. I think. I, I, think it's I a haven't break been that we paying need. attention at all. Like never, I, I've never. I've watched Donald Trump talk. Like just, I've decided. Like I'm going to see what Donald Trump's saying right now. And it was a live stream, and this is the first time I've ever done it. And it was him addressing like COVID or something in like the peak of it, right? And it was just him, like, and it was just so fucking pathetic. Oh yeah, totally. And then the journalists are just like snippy, and they're just like poking him, and he's just like. Oh, our testing's amazing. I can't do a voice or whatever. But he's just, he's bragging about the testing. And it just gave me, it's like the, the four years of anxiety that everybody's felt watching Trump. And I've just been completely like ignorance is bliss, ignoring any form of news. Trump's never really bothered me. I'm like, he doesn't look ideal. But other than that, whatever. It's not in my control. Right. Yeah. yeah. Fuck it. Stoicism. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. like, but then I watched that video and it's like all those four years of anxiety, just like, oh my God, what an incompetent leader to be in the most powerful country in the world. Like it just hit me like a fucking train. I was like, yeah. no, no more news yeah. for me. No, it's fair. I don't, I get overwhelmed by two, especially like 
I'm not going to do anything to fix it. At the start of the pandemic, when like, especially with coronavirus stuff, like... Oh, the I coronavirus ha- pandemic? I thought you were talking oh, about yeah, that swine one. flu. That one. The one that I we just had. H1N1. The one that we're currently in. Um, I can't... It All the information, misinformation, like I just can't deal with that. Yeah, I don't pay attention to that either. I just do what I can to for myself. But that's all we can do really as people. Like, just be concerned with us. You know? Like, screw everybody else. Um, Okay, body of water. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you said it was the lake. No, down, you know what? The thing down the street. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Fuck it. The thing. I don't even remember. The, what it's said. a. It's a harbor. It's where harbor. our shit goes. Where it's the shit a, goes. It's nostalgic. One more thing about it. Uh. Hmm. One more. It's blue. It's fucking blue. It manages to be blue and not brown, despite all the poop in it. <laughs> okay. Um. If you were in a white room, all white. Um, how would you feel about that? Uh, I'd see it as an opportunity to meditate and then I'd probably go insane after I was done that for 10 minutes. I'd be optimistic at first and then I think it would probably get to me. Optimistic at first. Would you say peaceful at first too? Because you said peaceful. Maybe not at first, but yeah, eventually I think I could get to a tranquil state of mind. I just like, if I knew how long it was going to last, if it was just indefinite, like a, just a, a questionable now. But if it was like, you're in solitary confinement for two days, I think I'd be like, okay, I can do this. Two days, just me. Anxious? I I would probably feel anxious, but I think I would be excited also to, uh, but that's a big if. If it was like, you have two days in here. If it was like, it might be forever. I'd probably just fucking try to kill myself. Okay, so maybe not great. Okay. Um Okay, so your your <laughs> favorite animal <laughs> feels like it was a year ago that we did this. <laughs> Bonobo. Yeah. yeah. This is uh your favorite animal is how you view yourself. Mhm. Okay. <laughs> so you said Peaceful. A peaceful sex addict. Fuck fest. (laughs) There's no truth to this. This is a dumb test. Friendly. I can see that. I think I'm friendly. I think you're very friendly. Oh my god, that's funny. That's what you said about so that's how you view yourself. Okay. (laughs) Your favorite article of clothing, which was the t shirt. It's not a t-shirt. It's a little longer than a t-shirt. Okay, whatever. It's a baseball what the shirt. Fuck? Okay, that's that's actually I'm making intoxicated baseball shirts. I'm making merch soon. Are you? You should know your shit, merch yeah. seller. It's <laughs> you merchant. You're gonna be a merchant. You don't even know a baseball shirt. Baseball shirt, three quarter length sleeve. I know what I'm talking about. Better look good, or I'm not buying it. Uh, Most merch looks like shit. There's different colors. I think it's just gonna be simple, just the logo. Simple, yeah. I think it's just gonna be the logo. That's, like that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um. So you okay? So this is how others view you. <laughs> I don't even remember what the middle thing was. So you said it covers your insecurities. So people cover my insecurities. So people think you cover your insecurities. Fuck yeah! Until they see this. So maybe people think. Do you think? Okay, this is a convoluted question do you think that people think you're guarded yeah probably there you go i'm pretty guarded i think uh reliable Mm. comfortable and versatile 
I'm I'm comfortable and versatile, semi-reliable. I feel like you're someone who could like I could I, I could be like, hey, do you want to come hang out and like just have a night and watch some stupid shit on the internet? You'd be down for that, but you'd also be down for literally a night out. Anything, you're down for anything. Anything anybody wants to do. Aww. I mean, uh, if until I experience it once, and if I don't like it, then I might not do it again. There you go. But I'll try anything once. I like that. Um, body of water. <laughs> As your views on sex. It's just full of shit. It's just all shitty. <laughs> Where all our shit goes. Yeah, oh, I'll exclusively was one do thing anal. You said, nostalgic. <laughs> You're only 23. I it don't reminds know. me of when I got fucked in the kid as an ass. <laughs> fucked in the ass as a kid. I said fucked in the kid as an ass. <laughs> and manages to be blue. <laughs> I have a sad, shitty sex life that brings me back to the past. Ah! That's not accurate at all. Yeah, no, that one's a little bit weird. That's a little weird. I, that's well, the actually, one I felt the most unconnected to. I that think, answer was kind of for honestly, fun. Honestly, I think with that question, you have to be more general. Like, think of like a river, a lake, Usually, ocean. You know what? That question, it's probably bullshit psychology anyway. But what it's gearing you towards is like, oh, this lake, I went skinny dipping in it. It's like, oh, you're like an exhibitionist sexually. That's probably what people have in mind. They're not expecting people to say a fucking harbor. No. And well, try to make and a, not a specific a harbor. On a podcast. I think if it's more general, like, so for example, like my favorite. Okay, what is my favorite body of water? Maybe a lake or something? I might actually, if thought about it more genuinely, probably like the... Uh, the water by the Bible camp that we went. Uh, oh, okay. Was it a lake or a river, ocean? I don't know. Do you remember? <laughs> it was a lake. Pond. It was a lake. Was it a swamp? It was a lake. It's a lake. See, I was going to say lake too. And the reason I was going to say lake was the ocean is too unpredictable for me. Um, I like a lake because it's steady. Um, and it is a little more calm. So you just like missionary. But actually, that's not true at all for me sexually. Yeah, I don't think that one holds true. <laughs> <laughs> that one out of all of them is a weird one. Okay, the white room um, oh, was is how you view death, which was weird because you had conflicting. So you said you would be optimistic at first. You would feel tranquil, anxious, or excited, depending on the length of time that you'd be there. Well, if someone's only dead for a weekend, like I don't really care. And then I just wrote, not great. So what's not great? Oh, like the white room all. Yeah, overall. you wouldn't. Yeah, I you mean, wouldn't feel great. Maybe if all. a couple people die, if everyone I know dies, might Jesus. as well just kill myself. Well, oh. that was that's the parallel with the room. I if it's infinite amount of time, mm-hmm. then fucking end it. Well, how do you feel? Okay, here's, that would be the equivalent. Is like everybody I know. Here dies. would be a, uh, a more direct question. How do you feel about your own death? Hmm. Do you ever think about that? Or no? Mm, I don't know. Not a whole lot. I'm not worried about it. I mean, the standout thing with my sister that everybody tells me is just she handled it like a fucking champ. And just kind of like, yeah, I guess guess it's me this time. It could have been some kid in Yemen, but it was me. And uh, apparently she, yeah, it was inspiration. Like a bunch of fucking nurses got tattoos for her and everything. And, uh... So she did it well, and I hope I do it well, but uh, I don't know. It's a <laughs> high bar. I'm, I'm trying to make uh, Sarah cry right now. That's so sweet. Oh, man. Um, yeah, no, that's the... Oh, God, that got me going. D- fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, John. 
You wanted to ah! be fucking personal. There you go. Oh man, that's yeah, that's really and to be that optimistic at a young age too. Like that's that's the kicker right there. I feel like I've just been waiting for the other shoe to drop. Like I've been like I should have been depressed by now. Like why? What's taking it so long? But kind of looking at stoicism, maybe I just handled it well. Like I, it could be. I have never considered that pain doesn't have to be, um, what we envision pain. Like we envision pain, uh, someone who's going through pain, as like the person who's crying all the time or like doesn't get out of bed or like lets their life go and it's like that's not true like people people deal with pain in different ways and some people it's it's just it's just very much so internal and not outwards i guess Mm -hmm. like i don't know i don't even think i'm aware of my own pain or like how it manifests itself Mm -hmm. so like maybe my bad habits or like whatever like i probably just don't understand myself i'm so young and shit like you are very young exactly and honestly quite wise and mature for your age so like yeah i think that's a good sign that means that you're you're only gonna get better like going i hope so yeah it's a head start on like i'm honestly thankful for those uh trials that's right the the experiences because did you find because you were only five when your sister died you were how old when your dad died 16 16 yeah so there's a benchmark moments, and I think mortality is probably like the biggest issue you have to grapple with as a human. It's something very uniquely to humans is that's right. knowing about our mortality. That's right. So that's like kind of the base problem that everybody deals with all the time. And I'm not saying like I have it figured out, but like I have some experience and something to compare other deaths to and just because it's right. a constant thing in your life. People and animals, pets, yeah. things are always just dying. That's just yeah the fucking taxes thing taxes so, and death are like the only thing you get it's, and that thing is put on us either later in life like for me like i had my grandmother die when i was really young and then i had my other grandmother die when i was a bit older and that impacted me and then really since her it's just been my friend who died back in march and it's like it's going to happen to you at different stages. Like, for you, it happened really fucking young. Five years old. Yeah. Some That's say too wildly young. young. Um, and then you've had... Yeah, you've had your dad die. You've had a friend die recently. Like, uh, it's just... It's it's weird how that can shape you. You know? Like... Yeah. And I think it's for the better, but... um. I don't know. I, I haven't. It's far too deep of a thing to say, like, now I write great jokes about death. Like, no, of course not. I'm not nearly skilled enough to do that. But yeah. maybe someday. Maybe someday. Yeah. 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 I can feel that. I, I'm already trying to think of jokes, mostly because my friend who died was a comedian. And I just keep thinking, like, <laughs> what would he think of all of this? <laughs> going on right now what, with you like yeah, your just, just everything what's going on with the scene and like all these open mics and all these newbies and like i just it's so hard for me not to picture his voice commenting there's a huge on what's happening huge paradigm shift and there's a huge vacuum that he left behind everything's in flux right now it's wild yeah it's truly it's very exciting um i'm also very scared because I feel like with Corona and everything, it could get taken away again. And I'm prepared for that. And it's going and that's to. good that you're prepared. I feel like we can't get too excited. You got to think what we're going to do creatively. We just, if if you like 
have stand up in your bones and you're just a creative person that has a lot of downsides like because you'll get depressed if you're not expressing yourself creatively and a lot of times creative pursuits are not very profitable yeah they're not fruitful endeavors yeah Yeah. so it's kind of a blessing and a curse to be creative most of the time it doesn't work out well it's insane that like (laughs) and i love it because i do it but it's insane that people spend so much time on jokes and making the set list and crafting it and then like doing it and like and literally you're you're literally just doing it for the thrill of doing it there's it's all for the, it's are, all for the sake of it now that's the beauty of uh the early the early scene open bikers aren't getting money for every <laughs> three minutes that they do no, like they're all... not it's they literally are doing it for the love of doing that and you know Stand-up is not uh, kind. It's not a kind... It's going to weed out people that aren't strong enough for it. Yeah. I for Very one, they're like, if do you need to be starving to death to have success in, in comedy? Mm-hmm. Do you need that drive to be like, I have to make this work or I'll be homeless and dead? I often wonder that because I do think that there is something to that motivation... You know, the person who's literally, like, doesn't have a day job and is just throwing them themselves into comedy. Because I do think, let's say you do have a day job. Let's say it's an intense one. Um, Where's your energy going at the end of the day? Like, do you, will you will you have the energy to work on the art of stand-up? Like, yeah, this involves writing. This involves practicing. This involves going out to open mics late at night. It's tough. The lower your standards of living are, the higher chances are of succeeding. You have to make a lot of sacrifices. There's a lot of sacrifices. Yeah, really there are. Make it, and some people decide they're not going to make it, but it's still worth doing. That's right. Yes, and, and that's perfectly respectable. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty cool. That's a cool hobby. I think have. the ideal. Not situ- everybody has to be like uh, have giant aspirations. It's like. Every really young comic has them. Yeah. Because, of course, they're young comic. They're the ones that have the most potential. But the more you age, the more potential you lose based on uh, what decisions you made or didn't make. And at some point, it's like, okay, well, I might not make it make it, but uh, it's still fun. It's kind of like what I really liked about my friend who passed away, Andrew. Like, he had very simple goals for himself. He never talked about... You know, like, I want to have an HBO special or I want to be on this late night talk show or I want to get on Joe Rogan. Like, he, he never had goals like that. Mm-hmm. His goal was, I want to make some albums and I want to yeah. tour consistently and make money off the of stand up consistently. Th- those were that's, his th- those were his goals. That's doing it for the art of it. And that was him. That's like, y- full, creative person. Yeah. Wants to express themselves in arts. Those are my only goals right now. Yeah. But once I get to that part, that point, the goals will just keep on going. Exactly. Like no one will ever be satisfied with anything. No. Nope. But if if you are just completely satisfied at a certain level, like mm. that's probably true success, no matter what level it is. That's very true. If you're like thriving and happy, then that's better than like having all the fame, but with all the baggage that comes with it. So much baggage. Like there's so much to the business side of comedy. Like I hear a lot of comics talk about how like they love comedy, but they hate the business of it. And 
Yeah, I think this new kind of generation of comics is very interesting because they're growing up with social media. They're growing, like, they're accustomed to it. You see comics like Andrew Schultz? Andrew Schultz? Andrew Schultz, yeah. yeah he did a lot on YouTube and, like, kind of blew up there with Crowdworks. But look at that. Like, like he used the internet to his advantage. Yeah, well, Dane Cook was the one who started that with MySpace. Yeah. He blew up because of MySpace. Because of MySpace, yeah. yeah. So, like, it's, you can either use, you can either look at social media and go, fuck that. I don't want to do that. Or you can go, well, this is just another avenue for me to put my stand up, to put myself out there. Mm -hmm. To It's only going to help you. I truly don't think it would ever hurt you. To have like a, yeah, of a, course. A, I like an online presence, that. you know. And the only reason I don't have any online presence is just procrastination yeah. and ADD and like not wanting to. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. haven't ever participated in social media. <laughs> I don't it's, fucking care about other people's lives. It's I never honestly, have. it's pretty evil. I'm probably just a narcissist and like I just no. I, I don't think, care who's going on vacation somewhere. I do think it sucks, but I think that there's an art to it where you could still do it. And have it not. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying being on Instagram. Literally all my friends are just people in the Halifax comedy scene. So it's just like, Mm. I just see pictures of like Catherine's kid or like. That's right. Just people doing shit. And it's, it's just, I like that. And that's key right there. What you expose yourself to on there. It's all just people in my community. Yeah. So it's because I'm so small. It's just literally just me and the Halifax comics is all I see on Instagram. Because you but can once control ex- who you follow. Once it follow. expands bigger and there's like followers from other places, that's when it's going to get weird but exciting. Like the only thing yeah. I I don't like about social media, like I've always had a Facebook, but like never really used it. But like Facebook sucks. I it, yeah, that's all I really it's, know. It's the worst one. It, and I quit it like when I was like 14, and then never went back. And it was just I didn't care about people I grew up with fucking gossip and shit. Mm-hmm. So I've never actually taken advantage of social media. Mm-hmm. It's not because I like was addicted to it and quit it was not a noble thing like i'm gonna abstain from it's just literally laziness like and i think i really should have i actually think when you look at people like andrew shawls like he's cultivated such a great online presence but he's doing it with people who are also doing the same thing so like he you know he's kind of in this little community of people who do that and that makes him do it so like if you know, a lot of people don't like social media. I would say, like, most of the Halifax comics fucking hate it. Yeah. They're not <laughs> you know, they're like, they're like, that does not to say that they're bad at it, but I'm saying that they probably don't enjoy it. You can yeah. tell when someone doesn't enjoy it's, it. It's, uh, you the, can tell. That's what sucks about stand up is you need, like, business skills combined with these, like, creative yep. skills. And it's like, that's right. You have to have a miracle of a person who's, like, master of both. You're master probably best. better at one, worse at the other. Yep. But, I mean, listen trying like putting a fucking show poster on your instagram that's fucking something and that's better than nothing you know I just want like yeah it would just be weird i'm just advertising to people who are all going to the show anyway i need other followers <laughs> yeah but how do you get other followers well you you See, can I'm get followers you don't necessarily have to follow them back right like so they could follow you and I like follow back you everybody just, who follows me. you could just be like oh well i don't really want to see your shit so i'm not gonna follow you okay but I mean, it's, I mean, it's hard. Like, I think you just got to post a lot of stuff. Like, yeah. Hashtags are good. Also going in and following other people for them to follow you back. That's a way to get them. Like a lot of people who do like Instagram marketing 
all they do all day is just interact with other accounts. So I got like solicited for business advice recently <laughs> by some like lady from the UK. What? Yeah. She was like, what was she saying? <laughs> she, I don't even understand what she said. She said a bunch of business mumbo jumbo. And she's basically like, trust me with your finances. I was like, no. What are you fucking talking about? I actually get You're a complete stranger from another. I was like, how did you even find me? I have two posts. <laughs> I have two posts and like 36 followers. I'm working on a joke that's like, I get a lot of interaction on Instagram. But oddly enough, they all say the same thing. They all tell me how I can get more followers. Because <laughs> it's all these spam accounts being Yo, like, you man. could get more followers I'm not doing big enough this. to have spam accounts come at me and fucking yeah. some lady from the UK <laughs> wants me to be a business partner with her. I Googled her. I couldn't find her. Really? Yeah. I was like, I don't know you and you're from another continent. This reeks of scam. And then I blocked her. <laughs> I just love that you responded. That's was, really funny. That is pretty cute and naive that I responded. But it was like, ooh, a, a pretty lady from the United Kingdom likes my picture of me holding a microphone. That's exciting. But, All of it oh, is fuck, so fake. Is... All of it is so fucking fake. Um, um, like the influencer culture is very... I actually really want to get an influencer on the podcast just to talk to them to be like, what... That's such what... a queep, creepy profession. Why what is The this... fact that they're called that is... yeah. Yeah. Don't drive under the influence. Well, you gotta, it's like a negative but, connotation. But you gotta think though, like I their job, the youth. Their job is their personality. So to sell things, along with YouTubers, I would say influencers, like Instagram influencers and YouTubers, actually, I think this is a hot take. Have one of the most stressful jobs. Because literally they need to be documenting their whole lives all the time. That's a pretty fucked way and to make money. And it is. It definitely is. Have but you ever let's met someone like it. that? Who's that's their profession? Mm, mm, I yeah, I be, have. I bet that'd I have. be weird as fuck. Probably I way have. weirder than like celebrities and actors and shit. Well, yeah, because I mean, imagine getting paid. Like imagine that your paycheck, your paycheck revolves around you showcasing to people that you love this thing that they're they're giving you. You know, here's here's a water bottle. We're gonna give you so much money, but you gotta you gotta pump this thing out on your social media. And so you you arrange these these shoots, these photo shoots with this water bottle. <laughs> and that's your job. <laughs> you yeah, know just to hold something. But you get so much money. They get so much money. What do they <laughs> <laughs> A lot. What do they do outside of uh holding a water bottle for content? They need to be connecting with their, their audience. They need to be posting. Okay. If you're posting. not posting, you're erupting. Just like you're, what they're doing every day and yeah, stuff. And yeah. it's got to be like a clever joke. Their life. And I mean, you know, I would say most of them, it's the highlights reel. They're not posting the bad shit. Yeah, it's to make people depressed about how shitty their lives are, right? Right. And that's the cycle. So that's why I want to talk to an influencer. Just be like, like, what's your You'll opinion never, on this? You probably like, won't get one to be real with you about it because if that's really the case, then they're going to keep it under wraps. Well, I would say like, I'm following a couple. One, um, is quite candid with her life. Really? Um, like, like with her, especially like sexuality stuff. Like she recently came out on Instagram stories, like so is came she... out on 
doing a video on Instagram. Is she one that uh, holds products yep. and gets money for them? Wow. Okay. So I've I've been thinking about asking her. Come on. So she go. just amassed a bunch of followers somehow, and then that's she's I mean, now a revenue stream. Let's be frank. Most of them are model types. Yeah, yeah. With good cameras, hot ladies, and shit. Whatever. You gotta you gotta be. Here's There's, the formula for I think influencer beginner hot with a good body. And you need to either have a really nice camera and know how to take good photos, or you have a lot of photographer friends who yeah. who take photos of you. I want to bust these mess with an influencer on the show. I want to just be like, how depressing who? is it going to be to be like one of those girls, and then like when they get too old, and then age is such a tragically depreciating asset for women. Women, thank yeah. you for saying it. And then men, it's the opposite. You guys age much better than Yeah, us. like, I'm going to struggle as a 23-year-old, but probably 50, I'm going to be in my stride. Right when my dick stops working is when it's going to... I'm going to be my hottest. Even that, there's pills for it! You guys yeah. are fine! Yeah. But, I mean, if, us, if you can't get if, wet, there's lube. So that's even easier than a pill. But we can't have babies after a certain age. Or after... Well, that's a... That's all... Yeah, I guess. That, that's all... <laughs> that's a big... Yeah. That's pretty unfair. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, shit, I can come in a bitch whenever, but you. Yeah. Yeah, the fucking eggs aren't in the carton. <laughs> we, we run out of these things. I really want to save up to get a fertility test just to see where I'm at. Just- how, how would you like society to be structured? Like, in a perfect world, it doesn't have to be fair to men. But, like, what would it take... To even the playing field on the fact that women have that burden of like they're the ones that got to care of the kids. They have a limited time to do it. <sighs> Guys, it, like they'll age like wine into their older years and they, they're come like lasts. And then mm. women, it's like, yeah, once you're around that time, like you got to shit or get off the pot and men have more time. Like it's so unfair. Like what would it take to make that? I even? truly don't know. I mean, I think that we have to make strides towards obviously like overall equality, whether that's like. Equal pay for women, equal opportunities, equal opportunities for women. Um, like like that needs to come into play. I don't know. I don't have the answers. It's it's f- because the biological stuff we can't fucking. Yeah, even it's biology. If like, we, we can't eliminated that. every ounce of sexism in every person, which is impossible. Impossible. It still wouldn't equalize it. No. And I think, I mean, I think that, like, I, I, I truly want to believe that we are moving in a positive direction, especially with things like We're the definitely Me working Too, on it. the Me Too movement. It's and, like in production. And, like, teaching and <sighs> teaching the younger generation about consent, like, shit like that. I do. It's a pretty fucking hopeless time currently. I do have some hope for it. Um, Whitney Cummings has this theory that younger men, <laughs> and she's like, she's 36, 37, something like that. Um, she has a theory that younger men are actually far more respectful than men in their forties because they're growing up with seeing women in the stronger light than say a 42 year old man did yeah it's not that weird to me. Um, like, because my mom was the provider. There you go. My mom. Right? Was, my mom was a pro- so like the the thing women working and like having money like that's not strange to me at all. Exactly. My dad was completely dependent on my mom. Mm-hmm. My mom took care of her. She was and he. She was like 
Yeah, she was the breadwinner. She was she was the the, the breadwinner. Yeah, yeah, he he was like a secretary at a college, and so like he got disability leave, so he was getting income. But yeah, what? my mom was like, and see money. for me, it was the it it was certainly the opposite. Like, and I can imagine men in their forties at this point. Yeah, whatever upbringing they had is they probably didn't grow way, up with that. Pro- it's radically different than now. They're like a fish out of water. And I'm not saying that men, older men, aren't respectful, but I'm just saying younger men have been exposed to this resurgence of women. We grew up in this world. Yeah, you did. So I'm you're not a millennial, actually. You what? I'm not even a millennial. You're young. You're younger than that. Mm-hmm. I think. What I'm generation Gen- are you? Gen Z. Okay. Someone say I generation, but I think that sounds fucking stupid. <laughs> Almost said the R word there. Whoops. I forgot people hate that now. <laughs> One time I said that in front of someone from Halifax, like, uh, oh, really? and my girlfriend who was also from Cape Breton, like apologized, like he's from Cape Breton. I'm sorry. Like he didn't know. <laughs> That's just what they said. Well, that word only up until like, I remember it's it. very recent. Very recent, yeah. I had a friend who, uh, <laughs> I had a friend who quite early on in our friendship, like, made us stop saying that word because she, ugh, this is dark, but she got in a car accident with her brother and her brother, um, was pretty much paralyzed from it his whole life. And so, like, she, she hammered that home with us. Don't say that word. Don't say that yeah, word. That's a raw nerve. But, but yeah, certainly it's, it's newer to not, not say that there was certainly a time where it was normal to say that word even the black eyed peas have that song do you know the black eyed peas oh my let's god let's get yeah it started in yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there you go like they had that song with that word in it for the longest time oh did you ever see hot tub time machine they say the spicy version of the song and it's Ooh. uh that was the that time of comedy so hot tub time machine that genre like that raunchiness of like yeah. that's kind of sparked with like super bad and this the hangover the this is the end. It's like the last one of those. It was. Yeah, it truly was. But I love that. Was, that was like the climax of those type of movies. That was their end game. One of my their favorite. Marvel end game. One of my favorite things to do is browse Netflix for hours for something to watch and always watch. This is the end. I don't know. It has really good rewatch. Value. It does. Yeah. It's like that scene. It's just stupid. Funny. So stupid. Yeah. But I fucking love it so much. Like that scene where he like takes the gun. And he's like, oh, the gun. <laughs> and he's like playing with the gun and like pretending to like almost shoot the gun. It's one of the funniest things. Who did ever. that? Seth Rogen. Oh, I don't even remember that. Part. I think I think it was Seth Rogen in that scene. Was it? Was it Fat Seth Rogen? Yeah. Yeah. The better one. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Um, oh, man. Wolf of Wall Street Seth Rogen was fat as fuck. That movie was awesome. Uh, Ooh, you never seen that movie? No, I haven't seen Wolf, Wolf of Wall Street. I haven't seen... Um, what's that other one Leo, Leonardo was in um, recently? Hollywood. Oh, uh, Quentin Tarantino Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yes, I haven't seen that. But I am seeing Twister at a drive-in movie theater on Twister, Saturday Twister, the night. 90s movie about the, they're the playing tornado? It, they're playing it at a drive-in on Saturday night. Ooh, and I have a car, so I'm going. I there's a tornado that night. I'm so excited. You have no idea how pumped I am. Do you like watch it? Do you hate watch it? Is it like no, a fun movie? No, I love Twister. Really? I love like any natural disaster movies, end of the world movies. And Twister's the best one Cloverfield is one of my favorite movies. Uh, what about uh the, the new Cloverfield movie with John Goodman? That's a good one. Is not, that good? I, I I enjoy it, but it's not. 
It's not the same. The original, because they're not really connected, eh? Like, like no. they're. Yeah, it, it, it isn't the first one like a found footage one. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite fucking movies, honestly. Really? Like, I would put it up there. Oddly enough, yeah, I really enjoy. You watch a lot of movies? Not movie anymore. Buff? Not anymore. No. I have a huge collection. Do you really? That's yeah. I used to work at a hardware store. It was the best job I've ever fucking had. Aww. Minimum wage job at a hardware store. I would like the best part was going on deliveries. I'd go on a truck and I just sit in the passenger seat, and then we just uh, unload like a whole deck package or like uh, lug drywall upstairs. It was yeah. like hard physical labor, and that mentally for like a growing teenage man boy, right? Man boy is like. Man boy. Uh, <laughs> It's good. It's healthy. Yeah, it was. It was fun. You're not stressed. It like was, it's hard on your body, but you're not stressed. Oh man, it was. It's the best. Physical labor is so nice. Like really? if a physical like, labor job. Sore from it. No, because I was like healthy. <laughs> if you're not healthy, it fucking sucks. Like every other like old guy who's been there for a long time is like, get the fuck out of here. That's hilarious. Like make something of your life. But like at the time, it was like this is sweet. I'm getting like. Minimum wage, which is like when you're just living with your parents and you're like, I was like, I was like 15 years old or something. Mm. And then I was getting like a couple hundred bucks. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had like the most money because I was the only one with a job. Like I got Isn't it really early. So funny that like you're because when you think of like your best job that you've had, it's always when you were younger. Yeah. Like I really enjoyed. I worked at a wedding reception hall for a summer right before I started college and like it was one of my favorite jobs ever because I would just make rum and cokes for old men and they would tip me so much money at this like little wedding reception. It was only weekends, only work weekends. Were I was like 18, 19. 18, that's illegal, isn't it? It must have been 19. You're serving then. drinks at 18? Well, well, no, actually, no, I must have been 19. Yeah, 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 yeah. I said 18, 19. Was that your first job? It would have been the summer between my first year at X and my. And moving to Halifax. So, yeah. No, I was 19. 19, yeah. Yeah. You must have been. Yeah. So was yeah. that your first job? That? Oh, no. So the job before that wasn't my, so fun. My first... <laughs> my, my friends hold this against me because it's really, really lame. Do you want my, weed? My first job was at Dairy Queen. But uh, my first job only lasted two days. Um, because... There was an incident with the blizzard machine. <laughs> What'd you do? Tell me now. I turned on the blizzard machine. Yeah. I It, it was set at high speed before I pressed on. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> a mint Oreo blizzard went everywhere. Like, it just went... Did it hit any customers? I don't remember because literally it was so traumatized. Like, I... What happened next? Did we were people I went mad home, at you? My, okay, what happened next? Uh, <laughs> my mom... My mom quit for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Ever since, my friends make fun of me. <laughs> because literally my mother quit my job for me because I was crying and I was like oh they're making me work till 11 p.m. and I'm in school still and <laughs> and like literally that's how codependent my relationship with my parents was they quit for me <laughs> one time I got my mom to call me off work because I had to get nutsack surgery 
I, uh, nutsack surgery? Yeah, I had to get nutsack surgery. I realized as well, it was a slow day at the hardware store one day. And uh, I decided to Google this pain I was getting in my nuts like uh, every so often since oh, I God. started hitting puberty. And um, turns out uh, one of my nuts was like suffocating because the cord that's attached to was getting kinked up like a hose. Because <laughs> uh, you're not supposed to be attached to the inside of your, your scrody bag. Oh, so, shit. Um, yeah, mine wasn't. Oh, so was shit. How did up. that happen? Uh, just a defect. Like, my ball is supposed to be attached to my You sack. weren't, like, doing anything crazy that no, made it happen that way? No, I didn't do No, it just always happened to me. Whoa. Like, since I've had nuts. And then the only reason I never cared is because I had one other friend who had the same problem. So I was like, oh, that's just a guy thing. Let's oh. just have it. Oh, you thought ha- it was normal. Yeah, it's just having a pair of nuts. I thought uh, everybody gets an ache in their balls every once in a while. And What does uh, that feel like? It just ached. I don't know. It wasn't that bad, so mm-hmm. I never really bothered to do anything about it. But one day I was so bored at work that I Googled it. And then, um, so I, I told my mom about it. I was like, I could lose my nut. I got to go to the hospital. And she was like, oh, shit. And then she, I was like, I don't want to tell them. So she told them. And then, yeah, she was like, yes. Okay. I was like, so I was bad. like hiding at work, and then she was like, she called him, and was like, uh, yeah, he's got to leave. And he's like, what? What's it about? He's like, it's something about his nuts. And he was like, oh, okay, I won't say him no more. And then mm. they just like secretly. That's not. A, I feel like that's not as bad as mine. No, it wasn't, it's not as bad at all. No. <laughs> but I got a staple, and uh, the other day I was feeling my nuts for lumps, and then I felt the staple. And I got super scared. That the, I found alone. The other day? Yeah, like probably a couple days ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't imagine what it's like to have balls. No, you probably couldn't. No, like There's it's, no fucking way you could. I, I, I mean, like... Don't even try. Yeah. I <laughs> I can't picture of having a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like having an innie dick? I don't know. I feel, like, I feel like having balls is definitely better than having a vagina, even though like the balls pain... Balls are like just like a little side... It's like a... I don't know what's it called when you have a, like a leaf. What's it called when you have like a leaf on top of a meal? It's like a garnish. garnish. Yeah, balls are like a garnish to the dick. But when you hit them, it really hurts. Yeah, it's a, it's a weak spot. Like every boss in a video game has a weak spot, and like every guy. Like I had a joke recently, and uh, I might not ever do it again. But it was like, I'm just gonna carry a spoon around with me at all times, so in case someone mugs me, I can be like, "Whoa, back the fuck up!" And then hopefully they're surprised <laughs> enough. And caught off guard by a spoon that I can kick them in the balls and then run away. Because they probably have balls. Women don't usually mug people. No, we don't. Women aren't very violent. That's what I like about them. We're just violent emotionally. Yeah, that can be just as bad. Women. There's like a... But men men are both. Yeah. Well, anybody can be both. Anybody can be both. But I. But we're, we don't kill as many people as you, you guys do. No, no. We're way more violent. Yeah. Well, every time I hear of like a female murderer, I kind of secretly I'm like, good for <laughs> There's a movie about that, like Monster. I've never seen it, but apparently. Oh, Charlize Theron! It's a very uh, sympathetic portrayal of a serial killer, which. Uh, I heard about this, yeah. Could be interpreted as kind of insensitive mm. if you're like a family member. Yeah, that, that would be bad. I think that movie with Mark Wahlberg and The Rock, where like they're playing bodybuilders that were also hitmen. And then it was like they were kind of the protagonists. I never seen it, so I'm just talking my ass. But if that's true, and the, you're kind of on their side in the movie, that's fucking really insensitive too to the families who have whoever those real life body builders are based on killed. No, yeah, that would be. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, not a fan. Um, 
What else? We're at three hours. I'm trying to think of what else I have to ask you. It's probably, I've been smoking weed the entire you, time. You, um, you're into mushrooms, right? Yeah, me and my buddy. <laughs> holy shit. We just did mushrooms this weekend. Uh, I decided a good setting would be downtown Halifax. And he has uh, not been accustomed to city life. He's just been planting trees in Antigonish for like... <laughs> He's like been doing what you should. The, the perfect setting on mushrooms has been his life for like the last That's six hilarious. months. That's hilarious. And then now and he does like, the- we should do three grams and walk from Lacewood to downtown Halifax. Why, would, why, would you, why, why didn't you go on the wilderness? Chain of Lakes is right uh, there. That's what he wanted to do. But I was like, this will be fun. This will be what I do. Oh, my and, gosh. And uh, yeah, he, oh got, he got scared. <laughs> I heard about this. Have you had positive, like you personally, have you had positive experiences on they're them? all positive yeah. yeah for sure no dark weird trips uh the weirdly enough the only dark weird trip i ever had was on 0.5 grams and usually i do three grams and i'm fine which is kind of a lot i don't really i like when you say gra- like i three grams is kind of a lot if, if you like for you i would recommend like one gram but i don't know like one is that I, even too much no that that's like It'll be more intense than weed for sure, but it might be in the ballpark. Because like I I I have a high sensitivity to edibles. Yeah, high. I know. Like because I have some old edibles. If you want them, from the the fact that you call them old edibles is not so. Well, that's the thing. I'm like I don't really give a shit. These are either being thrown out or (laughs) someone can eat them. Either one. They're from the start of quarantine. So like, uh, yeah. Like new at the start of quarantine. Actually, hang hang on. Oh, great. I got to carry the show now. <laughs> it's right here. I'm not going too far. Yeah, but uh, you were carrying the show, and I don't think I can. If they were brand new at the start of quarantine, then I would eat them. But if they're older than that, maybe not. I don't care. Either way. Did she make them herself? Yeah. Okay, I don't trust it then. I don't trust no? anything that anybody makes. They're strong as fuck, They're strong man. as fuck? Well, I had... I she, how much did you say they were milligram wise in each one? Oh, see, I don't. See, that's the thing I don't she, know. She had she, no answer. She just no. She. I don't. Tr- but they're mm. strong. They're like, strong. I'm, I can't take it because I could be high for my shift tomorrow. That starts at seven p.m. Yeah, no. You oh, never no, don't, know. Don't what edibles don't. people make. I yeah. want a package that says what it's in. I know what twenty milligrams is. All I know is that I had a quarter of a cookie, and this is what happened. So I took the the cookie. And I was like, okay, sweet. And I was just finishing up uh, exporting and about to pu- publish my episode of a podcast. And you have to fill out like in Lipson, like title, description, da, da, da. like you have to fill out all this stuff. And I remember hitting export and it started to kick in as I hit export. And then it took me about a solid hour <laughs> to actually get my episode <laughs> Because I got so fucking high <laughs> that every single task I did, it was just like, Sarah, you got you to copy and paste what you normally put in the description, put it in. Okay, sweet. You got to find the image, put it in. Like it, 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 And then the episode got published and I was like, okay, now I have to take off my makeup, brush my teeth, go to bed. Like my nighttime routine became like, the journey to Mordor from Lord of the Rings. Truly. Like, I got so... And the thing is with me and edibles, every time I'm taking edibles, my heart races. I think you would have a very similar experience on mushrooms. It does feel like everything is an epic 
narrative journey like this but is slow. the most important like slow if your movie was a if your life was a movie you're living a scene right now like you yeah. it hits you which is like that's my the change in perspective like you got to take life more seriously is what it tells you is like oh, that's these true. little moments actually add up to a lot because that's what your life is is the little moments because you forget them the little moments you forget but you not while you're in them. Yeah, that's very true. I also was scared to pass. I found myself almost passing out. And I kept going, you're going to die if you pass out. You're going <laughs> to die if you pass I kept feeling, this is so weird. I was feeling death come yeah. upon me yeah. as I was passing out. Like I had no concept of I'm just going to sleep and wake up and it'll be tomorrow. I just kept going like, if you close your eyes, you're done. That's yeah, how high I got. A heavy dose of edibles is a lot like a psychedelic, and that will make you question your mortality. What it does, <sighs> like it, it destroys your ego. Ego, ego yeah, death, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, you get completely detached from your own identity. What you I do think you feel are, happy, and then though. you're just thoughts in the ether, and you're like, "Is this what'll happen when my body's dead? Am I just stuck thinking, or whatever I, your mind?" I've goes heard to. a lot of people talk about how it makes you. Just feel connected to everything. Yeah. And like that's something that like I want to experience at some point. If it's a happy, connected does. feeling. Do not go downtown I, like we I did. I just don't want my heart to race. That's all I ask. I'm okay with a body high. I just... The it's heart like, racing? It just, if I hate. you're even focused on it, your heart will race. Because it's the thing you're fixated on. But like you just got to let go of that. Like this is what it feels like. The best way to describe it is you feel like a... Like a curious monkey. It kind of brings you back to your childhood awe of the world. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Everything is like new and exciting and you appreciate the like just everything. Yeah. It, I gotta do that. Them. Nature is the best way to do it. You don't want to eat greasy food. Fruit is fucking amazing to eat. Ah. Like a pineapple or something. Or like oh. an apple. Yeah, mm. just fucking nature. It just yeah. get in nature. Oh, I like that. I took my friend to the worst possible <laughs> setting, and I feel horrible about it. And did, but what did I, you do? I, what did you do to calm? Like, did you do anything to? Yeah, I was just like, I think I was pretty <laughs> a stable presence. Like, I was like, it's okay, man. Like, I, I don't know. I can't do my impression <laughs> of what I was like. I'm. It's okay, man. That's all a guy has to do to a friend. Chill, chill out, chill out. Take a breather. <laughs> just sit down. The whole issue was. He he really had to pee really bad for most of the trip, <laughs> but we didn't want to go into a restaurant and commit ourselves to a table and be like tied down to a location. Oh, he ended up God. asking a construction worker like, "Where can I go to a bathroom? I want to take him to the porta potties by like uh, the Beaver Tails, like yeah, yeah, yeah. down by On the, the wave, waterfront? yeah, the waterfront. Yeah, that'd be a nice place, like just kids and happiness. And then the, he asked his construction worker like, "I need to go to the bathroom," and he told him to go to that with Tim Hortons. That's uh, down oh, by the, the ferry. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and he just went down there, and it's a little sketchy urban area, and he had a fucking near panic attack. He's like, I want to get a cab home. We had, I got him up to Argyle. That was my whole goal to go to Argyle, because that's like the funnest place. And he, he heard a guy playing Freebird at Auction House, and that like brought him back from the Oh my God, that's wild. Because he's really into music. So like, Aww. and it fucking like, I have never... <laughs> <laughs> gone to a music thing and been like into it and like doing stuff like musically i fucking hate <laughs> dancing i can't 
I just looked but you were into it then. Very Caucasian, and I hate it. Yeah. So, but yeah, he was playing Freebird, and we were all, like coming down off three grams of mushrooms. I had a good trip, like the whole time. It was. Fun. I gotta do them. I gotta Scott. Scott McLean. You gotta be smart. Yeah. I think you should do them with Scott. You seem to have a good. I trust relationship Scott. With him. You don't want to do them with someone like me, someone you don't yeah. know as well. I know you pretty well now. Yeah, but we just talked straight for three hours. Else. Yeah. I mean, we click well, but it should be someone you know very well. You, right. Yeah. You don't we'll want to do be We'll do mushrooms together about... this time next year. Sure. Yeah. When do you or, plan on doing them for the first time? Well, that's the thing. I, I, I kind of want to do them before the summer's done because I'm feeling like the summer has been just like a summer of like new experiences. And I'm like, okay, I did stand up. Um, summer's time the time mushrooms. to do mushrooms. Uh, yeah. I'd like it's... to do them when it's still nice. And I don't, I don't know where. I just know that I think I want... This sounds cheesy, but, like, I want to come home to my home. Like, I don't know if I want to, like, go somewhere and stay overnight. You want to... You you could do one gram in here by yourself. That might be pretty safe. You think? Because a lot of people suggest, like, being outside for them. Yeah, like, nature is a lot more rewarding. Here's my ideal situation. But if you're just trying to feel... Like, because you seem, like, like kind of anxious. Would you say you're an anxious (laughs) person? Sorry if you disagree. I'm so sorry if you disagree. <laughs> Understatement of the <laughs> <fucking> world. <laughs> I just want that sound clip. <laughs> Would you say you're anxious? Ah, uh, yes. I'm constantly uh, questioning my existence. <laughs> yes, I am. 100%. So you got to be fucking careful with psychedelics yeah. is what I'm saying. So here's my... Here, One gram by yourself in here I think would be good, but I'm almost scared to recommend anything to you because it could go south either way. Like, it could go either way. It could be the most life-changing thing ever and you could love it and it could fix all your problems, but you can't go in expecting that. Like, maybe one gram by yourself isn't a bad idea. One gram with someone else who's not on them. Here's my ideal well. my ideal mushroom day. And this is my request if I do mushrooms with friends. I need a sober person with a car to drive me to the beach. Yeah, that would be great. We do it on the beach at, okay, what time of day? You should do it I before think... the beach on the drive over because it takes about an hour to oh, Okay, so I take them yeah. on the drive there. On the way there, you're going to feel really uneasy. That's what the come oh, up's God. like. For like an hour, Jesus you're going to be... Maybe a little nauseous and like scared and I don't like that at all. Feel dread, yeah. But oh. that doesn't mean it's gonna be a bad trip. The best trips ever, sometimes that's just what happens before. So, so I, in the car over, it's like if it's an hour drive to whatever beach or whatever, you're gonna be feeling that in the in the car. Then once you get to the beach, that's when that anxiousness is gonna be wearing off anyway, and then there's gonna be so much relief, and then you'll have a huge connection to nature if you're looking at the So tide, I actually think that's if, a great if idea. that's the case, if that's the case though. I think we we go to the beach at like say four or five p.m. and I don't take them in the car because I don't want to be anxious in a car because the cars I'm already anxious in the that car. is I that hate, would be pretty uh, claustrophobic you you might so I say I take them as soon as I get to the beach but we spend a couple hours at the beach yeah if you want to stay at the beach all day yeah you should take sunset them at, the, at beach. the beach sunset I want sunset hour okay you should sunset take them. hour it's like you want so you want to see the sunset when you're like peeking on them? yes. So then, uh, whenever it, the sunset is, like eight ish, eight thirty, like an hour and a half before that, maybe. And then when I'm high, I get driven home to my home, and I can be home where I'm safe. Well, the, one of the cool things about mushrooms is it it lasts about six. It, it, it's like it's like four. Fuck. I'd say four to seven hours. Seven hours is rare, like, but maybe a little bit. 
but like it's very it's not like weed where you get burnt out you don't get burnt you feel kind of like fresh you feel like rejuvenated a bit like this is a good trip i haven't had really bad trips or anything i really wanted to, i really gotta make this happen soon it's uh they'll do a, a pre and post it can be life-changing but you might get disappointed if you go in there expecting that it's mostly it's usually not it's mostly just but the change nice. yeah the change in perspective like and just a pre- you get a different level of appreciation for just the g- gifts you have. You just I kind of I think gratitude. I need that right now. Yeah, I, I think I do, like I. I think I want that, but I think I need it, and that makes me nervous too. Because like, will a, I get what the, I need? You roll the dice; it could yeah. go either way. That's fucking. It's wild. a huge risk. Yeah, it's a risk reward thing. Yeah, it's a big decision. Okay, we're gonna fucking wrap this. Um, but. Uh, I'm going to ask you three questions <laughs> that I normally end these with. Yeah. Which is uh, something that you love about yourself. Mm-hmm. Something that you don't really don't like about yourself that you're working on. And an unpopular opinion. Uh, so what I like about myself is I think if I can focus really hard on something, I can really like excel at anything I really put my mind to. Mm-hmm. And then what I don't like about myself is it's really fucking hard to focus on anything. <laughs> I love how those are like at war with each other. They are completely. So like they're it could like, go either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I, it's a, sometimes one's winning and the other's not and it switches. The like, focus thing is such a struggle. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Like I, I can, uh, yeah. I can get lazy and distracted and fucking consumed by vices mm. pretty easily. I kind of have that in my blood. I mm. come from. A bloodline of addicts. It's another episode for another time. Yeah. Um, you'll have to come back on. But um, what uh, do you have an unpopular opinion? And this doesn't have to be serious. It can be serious if you want. Something that like you think that you feel the majority don't agree with. Okay, like this this uh, question uh, you always say this, and uh, it's a uh, it's a risky one. It is risky. Nobody I've seen really has gone for like a controversial no one, thing. No one. No one has. I don't think I have anything that controversial to say, but I'll stand by it. I think people should go a little easier on Kanye West. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he has. I did not know what was about to come out of your mouth. I was like, oh, God, where are we going? <laughs> okay, people should go easier on him. He's bipolar. Oh, absolutely. And it's like, the same Bernie thing with Bernie Spears. These are mentally ill people. Yeah, and we hold, and like people who are hold Kanye to the harshest degree is like, they're, they're forgetting the fact that he has a mental illness. Like, you oh, become manic. A symptom of mania in bipolar is delusions of grandeur, and he is one of the most influential artists of all time. It's a miracle he is as humble as he is. He, yeah, well, very true. And Do you he, think he's? Um, are like you? If, if you hate on him online, you're fucking deteriorate. Well, I, yeah, I you know. shouldn't. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's. It, I I would agree. Honestly, I would. I think we need more sympathy. That's a can. It's a. We, it's we a, need more awareness of why people are the way. I think people are too quick to go. They did. They said or did this thing, so they're crazy or like. Like, fuck them. But, like, we don't have enough, like, well, why did they do that? Like, what's some, going on? Some mental illnesses make you do things that are unlikable. Yeah. And that's not your fault. And you should have sympathy for those people. But be because they come off as assholes, it's like, 
yeah, he has that thing, but fuck him. Look at what how ignorant this thing he said was. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but but he's, you don't get mad at schizophrenic people for hearing voices. No, it's, it's just because he has that platform that yeah. all eyes are on him. That he, yeah, he's he, he like potentially the crazy rantings that he says if he's in a manic state or whatever is like that can have a really big negative influence. It is a big risk on uh, that, but that's with everybody. Like the platforms are so numerous and powerful that it's scary. Yeah, I know that's true. So I mean, many people well, fame have and, fame in general influence over so many people. Fame is insane. Like um, a lot of people. Ooh, I'm gonna say something controversial. Like a lot of people really poo poo people like Paris Hilton. Um, she's coming out with a YouTube documentary about her life where she's going to open up about things that were done to her as a young girl, like actual trauma things, like growing that up. That would explain a lot. She she actually went through trauma that made her develop the character of Paris Hilton that made her famous. It was that's, a, that's it was really dark. It was a defense mechanism. P- young people with oh, trauma. Man. I want to see that documentary. Yeah, that sounds really engaging, and it's kind of a little bit perverse to be like, "That's fucked up." But I want to see. Oh, absolutely. But at the same time, it's like. Well, if she's putting this out. She's putting this out. Yeah. This is the story she wants to be heard. So yeah, I, I, I would feel morally good watching it. And and that's the thing about it. Like, like childhood trauma is insane. And what, yeah. what, how you cope with childhood trauma, these characters that you put on, like you, it's literally a defense mechanism and a coping mechanism because you're trying to survive. Yeah, this would people multiple personality disorder. It's like those people, most of the cases severe trauma and yeah. the other personality is like a defense mechanism like if someone was victimized to just like such a gratuitous degree yep. they just develop like i don't know like a tough guy persona that can protect the weaker one yeah. from the Ugh. predators you gotta watch uh oh, split no uh you got i feel like i feel like me making the suggestion is now going to spoil the show for you so i'm actually not going to suggest it all right, hopefully I run into it someday without knowing it. And then, uh. And now me telling it. you that it was a spoiler. Now Just I tell can't. me, I won't watch it. Fuck <laughs> Mr. it. Mr. Robot. Okay, so he's you, an artificial you... intelligence. That's what I. No. No? No. You gotta watch it. Okay, I'll watch it. I already forget what the spoiler thing was from 12 <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> I can't believe words are still coming out of my mouth we at this a, point. We... Okay, we are at three and a half hours. Are you serious? This must be the record. This might be. I mean, we're going to cut out the bathroom break. So that would be like oh, yeah, maybe true. not even five. So this might be the longest ever intoxicated. I don't give a shit. I'll fucking post all of it. I truly oh, don't fuck, care. Yeah. Um, This was an who, utter treat. Who knows what I said? I, I might have ruined remember. my life. Whatever. I, I feel like I got like a little contact high off of all the weed, too. Oh, I've been blowing weed in your face for three <laughs> hours. You're definitely high as shit. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> oh my gosh, Thomas Kennedy. Yes. What a debut. Thank you so much Can't for coming. I can't believe you remembered my stage name after all that <laughs> weed I blew in your face. <laughs> it came out really naturally, too. I think I'm just going to call you that from now on. Thank you so much for coming over and coming on. Oh man, it's been a this was wild. six month long dream of mine. Oh, that's so sweet. Well, I'm just, yeah. I'm, big thank you for you for, you know, like supporting the show. And obviously, like, we're both doing the comedy thing. I feel like, like, you're definitely. You've been doing it longer than me, but I feel like it's something fun that, like, we're experiencing together, like, doing open mics and stuff. Um, if we're both still doing it in 10 years, 
the little bit more I've been doing it will be irrelevant at that point. That's very true. Because like, so, like, right now things are ramped up so much. That yeah. Yeah. Everyone, and that was like one of the things that Travis told me, which made me do it, which was like, listen, everyone's rusty. Even the pros are rusty. If you start now, the you're, start, you're starting at a similar yeah. level. Like, because everyone's at square one. I started late, like even into when it came back. So I've always been like, I've had a bit, of, I've had a lot of imposter syndrome because oh. I've like had to take a lot of hiatuses and like. Living in Sydney, it was a miracle that they opened a mic there. That was fucking a lifeblood for my stand-up. But it was just still just once a week. Right. But, like, yeah, I've definitely... I might have, like, the least amount of sets of, of everybody in the scene. Don't... I mean, I think I think for both of us, but I've, we got to take the pressure off. Yeah. And I mean, we got to just enjoy it. Exactly, yeah. I think that that's... I wish I didn't say that just now. <laughs> well, I mean, I think striving to be better is certainly important, but... Exactly, But yeah. I think the more you... Str- if something is more stressful than fun, it's definitely it's time to. Think it's about definitely it. fun. You know, yeah. And that's oh, it. for sure. It's I. Yeah. I'm having the happiest I've ever been. Yeah, has been since coming back. Like just I. I've been showing up to shows before I've gotten sets, and just ever since I started like just coming out regularly to every show, it's just been like, oh my god, this is fucking heaven, and Aww. it'll go away and then probably come back. But I whatever. Know, right? whatever it will come back it'll, it'll be a back. blip of time in the grand scheme of our whole lives this too shall pass yeah like it's if this vaccine takes two years sure that's a lot of time it's like fuck uh, you could go to jail for two years shit happens you mm-hmm. just gotta move on yeah like life will go on after this a vaccine it'll just be you gotta get two shots Isn't when you, every every winter instead of one for the flu Oh, you just gosh. get two shots. You get your COVID shot and you get your flu shot. That's right. So what? Life goes on. Life goes on. And I think we're all going to be way more aware about uh, infection control and we're just going to have less contraction of diseases in general. We're going to see probably a huge bump in uh, mortality rates. No, mm. the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> a huge valley in mortality rates. <laughs> I caught it quick. My mistake. There you go. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Okay, this was the, okay. So important question: Where can can people follow you on social media? At I'm Thomas now on mm. Instagram, and please follow him because he needs. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. only say that because you're new to it. I mean, I don't blame so, you if you don't. I got two posts. Uh, I'm not really a hot candidate to be followed, but. I'm gonna try. He's gonna get. He's it's gonna. It's mandatory listen, to be a comedian. Expect some um uh some sound clips with subtitles, like a yes. typical comedian. Yeah, I need to have that. I got. <laughs> I got. I got some footage. You know. do. You send me that fucking video so I can edit it for you. Yeah, I just learned how to Dropbox. Albert's uh, demanding <laughs> the clip I took of him. <laughs> God, you and Adrian Great Gabriel. I'm shocked at how much you guys don't know about Dropbox or like OneDrive. <laughs> both of you, you're, you're both like, how do I do this? I'm I can't s- believe how fucking hard it is to send a five minute video to someone. I thought this shit was supposed to be figured out by now. <laughs> I don't know. I've been a boomer until like it should I'm be still easier. a boomer. Yeah, it should be just be like send to you. Oh, yeah. Wait. Is it just because it's a high quality video? Like, yeah, I think so. And well, I'd rather length. it be low quality. I guess not. If he wants it to be good, I don't know. Fucking, you don't want low quality. You want high quality. I, yeah, that's true. Whatever. 
we're going to close the episode before my computer runs out of space for the file. Um, so follow him on Instagram. Please come to live comedy shows. You can see probably either one of us on random shows here and there if I stick with it, which I might not. Who knows? If I do, sweet. If I don't, sweet. Because nothing matters. And that is the point of this episode. What, nihilism? I didn't sign on for that. <laughs> But, Thomas, you get to ring the bell. And you need to make it a good one. That's it. 3.33. you think anyone's still listening? <laughs> You've been listening. Me three months now. <laughs> <laughs>